episode number 26 of the Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods, the monthly geek culture podcast. Uh, I am your host, Rob, and joining me tonight is Kat. Hi. First time joining us is Aaron. Hello. Ben. hey Paul. Hi. And TJ. I'm not here. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're going to start off this show the way we start off every other show, and the question I have for everybody tonight is this. Would you rather be a teacher for the Jedi Academy or for Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry? And tonight, I think I'm actually going to start with Teach. This is the easiest question you've ever asked me. Really? It's the Jedi Academy. Okay. I have a higher chance of living at the Jedi <laughs> Academy than I do at Hogwarts. What if it's before Order 66? How far ahead of Order 66? <laughs> is it 100 years? I still have a better chance of living than I do in seven years at Hogwarts. As me and Paul were actually talking about when we posed this question today, it was the idea of, bear in mind, you're a teacher. Yeah. And what is the classic saying, Paul? Uh, those who can't teach. Oh, no, those, 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 those who, those who can do, those who can't teach. Yeah. Yes, except <laughs> so. for one thing. In both of these cases, you have to be able to do. And those who can't teach, teach Jim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is that. <laughs> What's wrong with Jim? Nothing. So purely, He's a nice guy. Purely you just think you have a better chance of survival if you teach at the Jedi Academy. Well, yeah, plus I get a lightsaber. Fair enough. That is pretty awesome. Okay. Actually, out of curiosity, I'll add a little ca- caveat to this. What would you teach? What would I teach? Yes. Uh, what would I really teach or what would I want to teach? What would you want to teach? Want to teach. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'd probably want to teach... Uh, funny enough, I'd probably want to teach history. They'd probably have me mopping the floors in real life, but I want to teach history. <laughs> well, Ben, how about you next? Um... I'm disappointed, because this question changed from when you first posted it, it online. And I, I brought up a statement about that. I'm like, this is too similar. I'm going to change it up. Yeah, but that's fine. Um, I, I would actually go with Hogwarts, School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. And if I had to choose a topic, uh, yeah, Quidditch. Quidditch. I would be a Quidditch instructor. I wouldn't teacher. be a good one. <laughs> I would be the gym teacher. <laughs> exactly. Those who can't teach, teach gym. Kat, how about you? Um, Hogwarts, for sure. I was when I first saw the question, I was a little like, oh no, but um, I would definitely prefer Hogwarts, and I would teach herbology. It's not Hogwarts. I can see that her library in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I herbology, know. where plants can kill you. I know. Well, it's like that real life too. But... This actually, tea I drank that's turned actually, into be, a ball of light. That would be one of the best parts, though, because it would be a game for the students. What's shrieking the mandrakes or teacher cat? <laughs> I would just like to point out. Both of you have a higher chance of dying as the gym teacher because you could fall from the broom or the herbology than I do wielding a lightsaber. (laughs) No, 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 no. My ass is on the ground. (laughs) Then all you have to do is worry about a mixed up beater. Just the same. Okay, all right. How about you, Aaron? Okay, so this, this question was really hard for me because I am a Star Wars girl through and through, but I love magic. So I think I'm going to have to say Hogwarts um, and probably a divination teacher. I want to be crazy Trelawney yeah, up in the tower awesome. reading some tea leaves. <laughs> be super fun. Fesh. Hmm. My initial thought had been uh, Jedi Academy, but the more I think about it, I, I think I'm going with Hogwarts too. I just think it'd be, you know, Jedi's, it's all like deep concentration. Hogwarts, you get a babble mixtures of Latin words and stuff happens. I just think the babbling is pretty important, especially for me. You know what it is? <laughs> the important thing is think of it this way. If you drink too much at the Jedi Academy and ignite a saber during saber training, you could die. 
Mm -hmm. If you just babble, you might probably just say a spell you never knew. That, that's possible. I'll tell you what, if I had to teach anything, Unless though... Yeah. <laughs> and suddenly you've killed the student I mean, next to you. Suddenly the gym teacher becomes a parrot. <laughs> Probably not, because I would teach Muggle Poly Sci. <laughs> <laughs> Which probably means I wouldn't have too many students to begin with. That's probably true. I guess for me, you know what? I think I'm going Hogwarts too. I think we're leaving TJ out. So just so you all know, I will be the only living person on this podcast now. No, no, no. You know what I think Hogwarts has to that Jedi Academy doesn't have? Freaking amazing food. Has anybody else watched? And it's all the feast and all. Yeah, no. Jedi apparently don't need to eat. We never see the cafeteria. But I enjoy it. And if you do eat, you're eating like dried bars of some sort that are coming out of a droid. Yeah. You know what else you never see the Jedi have But at least my food can't kill me. You know what else you never see the Jedi use either? Bathrooms. Hogwarts... Stories take place oh in the bathroom. God, we don't eat, so we don't need to go to the bathroom. We That's just absorb true. everything by osmosis. That's true. <laughs> I don't know what the hell I would teach at Hogwarts. Defense against the dark arts. Yeah, I think. I yeah, because there's that's a that's quick that's way to a quick death. That's, that's a one. That's a one and done season. So Bob's going to live out the next year as a defense against yep. the dark art teacher, Considering and they then replace die that horribly. teacher every every new movie. <laughs> All right, so before we go into our first topic tonight, we're all a little scared here. Ben had this wonderful idea tonight to bring the Jelly Belly Bean Boozled. Um, so what we have here are, it looks like a series of ten colors, um, and there are good flavors and consequences. So we don't quite know. So there's only ten colors to look at, but you're getting one of two flavors. One's positive, one's bad. So a good idea is if you pull a black one, it's a skunk spray or alternately licorice. So it could be both bad sometimes. Um, so... We don't know how we're going to go about this, so I think what we're going to so do scared. is I'm going to go open this up, drop the first two, and it's they're going to go to Aaron and Ben, and I'm going to say who oh gets God. what color. Oh, oh, I was going to bite the bullet and do it first. <laughs> okay, so I got a black and a white. So I'm going to close my eyes and spin it. Wait, 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 hold on. What, what possibly okay. could they be getting? So what, the, the light... It's buttered popcorn or rotten egg. Or rotten egg. Or the other one is the skunk spray. skunk spray. So I'm going to spin it, and we're, I'm going to open my eyes and see where it stops. Oh, God. Ben, you get black. Aaron, you get white. Well, no, 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 no. That's not the rules we came up with. That's what I just did. I uh, know. We said that if a two came up, you got to choose which one you wanted okay, to do. Okay, fine. You can so, choose. We're going to start. I'm hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Ladies first. Yeah. If you, okay, if you want to start. <laughs> Which means I get the reset. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> what do you mean you get to reset? Alright, are we just going to pick our jelly beans first and then we'll all do them at the same time? Or do yeah, we're going to do, do it that way. Right. Alright. Yeah. Oh. Pull that one back and then shake it so that... Oh, there we go. Alright. By the way, I've already been bitten by this once tonight. Alright, hold on. Cash <laughs> got delightful stuff. I, I got Wait, there should be two there. There we go. Hold on. Not always. No, there's not, three. Not yet three. You're taking this guy. Alright. I like licorice, so I got a 50-50 right. shot. Alright, yeah, so before, I'm going to mention what color everybody has. And we're going to do this a couple times tonight. You can't tell from smelling. <laughs> oh. It's either Juicy Pear or Canned Dog. You can't food. tell from smelling? <sighs> no, you can't. Right. Oh, so, that's evil! So, real quick. Cat, take your color. <laughs> so we're going to go Just around take real fast. Who cares? Everybody oh, God, I'm scared. So, Aaron, what color did you pull? Uh, you have, like, that tan color? Yeah, the so, tan yellowish. Aaron either has rotten egg or buttered popcorn. Yeah, ben, what color do you I have? I have canned dog food or chocolate. Chocolate, po chocolate, pudding. chocolate pudding. I've got fresh. You have lawn clippings or lime. Okay, that's Which not is too not bad. that bad. That's yeah, not that bad. bad. I've got licorice or uh, skunk, skunk spray. 
I've got barf or peach, and Cat also has barf or peach. So this was my idea, and I don't want to do it. Yeah. Right. So, okay. this is round, so everybody knows when, they're just listening this is round one of four we're going to do this now right before the break right after the break and right before the MFK at the end of the show so everybody ready three two okay. one oh whoa no I got chocolate oh, pudding oh, hell, no. oh I, can't I got barf <laughs> oh god I got raw rice oh Jesus I got chocolate oh. pudding. I got lawn, uh, lawn clippings. But you know what? They're not that bad. It's really not that bad. Uh-oh. And both Kat and Aaron have ran to the kitchen to spit out and potentially vomit. Oh, man. What'd you get? Are they that bad? I don't know. Yes. I'll tell you, barf was pretty bad. I had that earlier. That's that what is I got. actually not and that's what Kat has got, too. It is a nasty flavor. <laughs> you guys okay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> lawn clippings aren't that bad. Okay. All right, well, we need you back over here real quick. That's why we have drinks. Clean your palate. Ugh. So I'm the only one that didn't get a bad one? By the I don't know what it. I got. Then I would assume... Skunk spray or licorice? It's one of the I two. couldn't tell. Really? Do you like licorice? Yes. Okay, then I'm... Hmm. I'm going to say licorice, then, because I would imagine you would know if it was All right. <laughs> so, the first topic that we wanted to discuss tonight, uh, coming out of that was... Is what a horrible idea this game is? Yeah. <laughs> Right. Were so, you the one who suggested it? Uh huh. You were, so I blame you. So we just had a big, huge round of trailers that just hit us recently. Um, so we had this in this past month. We this is the last recorded. We had the Rogue One trailer, Doctor Strange, uh, a new Suicide Squad trailer, new X Men Apocalypse trailer, and I think the one that most of us at this table were most excited about is the animated adaption of the Killing Joke. Well, there's also Independence Day. Eh, whatever. <laughs> I'm excited. About it. I watched it, but. We didn't get a chance to recap it, so okay. we're going to pass on it tonight. So, uh, Rogue One, I think, because that's the oldest out of this mix that we haven't got a chance to talk about. So, what is everybody's thoughts on that so far? Aside from a, a motion that nobody can hear on the podcast. <laughs> that was just crazy. the indicator. I No, I am, I am, I am ecstatic, and uh, I actually, honestly, am more excited for Rogue One because of its trailer than I was for The Force Awakens. And I thought I was really excited for The Force really? Awakens. Yeah, well, because what I'm seeing in uh, Rogue One is a... it's I'm going to be traveling back to my nostalgic childhood. Because the scenery, the costumes, a lot of that is original Star Wars 4 through... You can, they're still reacting to the tastes. But anyway, no, I, I get to see... I get to see the old-style stormtroopers. I get to see all the older things... But with an entirely new story. A story that I haven't memorized from watching the VHS over and over and right. over again. Yeah. Uh, with with uh, The Force Awakens, I knew it was going to be new too, but it was also different. There was the old throwbacks. There was some nostalgic stuff there. But there was a ton of new things that I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. But with with Rogue One, yeah, no, it really I you think know it's exactly just, what you're getting. Yeah, it's reached in and it's kind of Alliance versus Galactic yeah, Empire. I'm, it's I'm, not trying to figure out who is yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. you know the first what's, order. And, and what's the point of the silver armor? Because it she wasn't there for very long, and I just don't. <laughs> but no, I'm I'm uh, I'm ecstatic. Yeah, I'm I'm excited because of the fact that I don't read the canon outside of the actual movies. So well, this there's to me, not much canon outside of the movies right now, anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah. but I mean, to the like, I'm excited because this is a completely original story that I know nothing about. So I'm going into this the same way I went in the Guardians of the Galaxy. I wasn't familiar with Guardians of the Galaxy at all. Well, I mean, it's kind of like again, it's a prequel. We know basically that we know the plot. It's, it's but we gonna, have no idea 
any of these who any of these people are. Yeah. So none of them are safe. Well, but yeah. we do know that there's going to be at least two characters from the originals that are going to be part of the film. Yeah, we know Mon Mothma's uh, Mon Mothma's in it. Well, that wasn't even the two I was thinking of. Uh, so three. So <laughs> Vader, because well, well, I didn't know that one. Vader and Boba. Oh, okay. Boba think... Fett is going to be part of this as well. Yeah. So I, uh, it's an original story with characters that we're already familiar with. Mm-hmm. So it's the best of both worlds. Yeah. How about you guys? Any thoughts on it before we jump into? You know, that? I'm I'm super excited about this. Um, I think also the the I just from watching the trailer, the eye to detail to be so just perfect with that that time period because you know it's you know with with uh, Force Awakens, you knew you were going to see some nostalgia stuff, but also it's it was in the future. But this is taking us back to right before A New Hope, so it just it looks like they every detail is taken care of, and I'm I'm just really excited about it. And I love seeing a strong female character as another lead role in one of these movies. It's so awesome. Mm-hmm. She looks like such a badass. She too. really does. I think one of the coolest so cool. fan theories I heard, and I know it's probably not going to be the case, but everybody <laughs> had this hope is like you see uh, the main character at the end. Um, in a TIE fighter suit. Mm-hmm. And everybody says, you know, everybody kind of hopes that that's basically her during the Death Star trench run and she's the ship that knocks Vader off course. That's uh, a really the good theory. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole, uh, like, this movie takes place, they get the plans and they're still maybe in the mix of things while the actual main events of New Hope are happening and they're all on the So Death this Star. is going to cross over with... We don't know. Because I, I, yeah. I was under the assumption that this was the, this is the team that steals the plans. Right. Which is how New Hope begins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so I was what, under the impression that I, this was this movie's it, going to end. I think it was, it was before it was New Hope even fan, begins. There's some fan hope that the plans get there midway mm-hmm. through the movie, and they're still in the midst. Of that would be awesome, but I don't think that's going to be the case. Hope? A new fan hope. Yeah. Do you think this is the way they're going to backdoor the new Han Solo? You said backdoor. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do with that because they did say that's the, probably going to take place before. Well, before I think yeah. that's going to be a good 10, 15 years. I before. think they're going to explain how he got the Falcon. How he got the Falcon. Okay. Maybe we'll see Lando in that too. Yeah. Maybe the first meeting of yeah. Han and Chewie. Yeah. Something along. Those and lines. I'm also going to take an opportunity here to let everybody know that I got skunk. And it's an aftertaste, <laughs> not an immediate taste. Oh, <laughs> I can still, well, I got a couple bites into it. I felt the flavor I, kick in. Yeah, and I, I like, swallowed it. Swallowed, yeah. swallowed. Yeah. And now it's all coming back. Yeah, barf is, yeah, no, is actually this, pretty. This yeah, is an aftertaste. That I can't get it out of my mouth. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, I think this pretty much covers Rogue One. I mean, I know we're all pretty pumped. It's been out around there for yeah, a while. I yeah. just thought it was mm-hmm. good that we got a chance to at least bring it up for a I second. I still get the shivers rewatch. I can't wait for the next trailer, honestly. Yeah. Most likely, probably during celebration. Though, I think we'll see the next yeah. trailer for it. So, um, so I guess the next one, big one too, is uh, Doc Strange, which is going to pop back up later for us tonight uh, in the second half when we get into some casting uh, for the flick. But uh, I'll be honest, I really generally didn't care too much. Um, <coughs> I, that was just my opinion. I've never been a fan of Doctor Strange too much, and what I've read of him, I know a lot of people love him. He never really, like, really spoke to me too much, um, and you know, we kind of, I mean. Paul watched the trailer a couple times at work, and we both kind of made the nod that it's very Inception-y, Matrix-y. Yes, yeah. Um, and it didn't feel like this is their introduction to magic, and I, it's not the direction I think I wanted them to take magic, or what I wasn't hoping for specifically. I also don't think we saw enough. I mean, this was just a, a teaser, teaser trailer. Yeah. You don't even see him as Doctor Strange until the very end, and it's just the backside of him. Yeah, you see the cape flowing as he's going yeah. up to the so I don't glass. Bunch. Please, turn to the camera. No. <laughs> so I, I don't think... I don't think we've seen enough to make a conscious decision as to whether or not this movie is going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to it. You you want to know what it reminded me of? The first Ant-Man trailer. I in can which see 
you know, here's the hero. And at the end of the trailer, I went, eh, I didn't care. Yeah. Well, and I mean, like, and even with Ant-Man, fan. I mean, Ant-Man was cute, but, like, I didn't need to see it in theaters. Yeah. We didn't. I mean, like. I did. Twice. Aww. I liked it. We saw um, it for free. Yeah. <laughs> well, the first time I did. <laughs> the, um, the thing, and it's like, I like Doctor Strange. I'm a big yeah. fan of magic characters. I like Doctor Strange. I like Doctor Fate. Yeah. And neither do, like, the latest Doctor uh, Strange series is great. They're six issues in, and they have introduced a whole bunch of villains that strip away magic, at which point I went, oh, what, what was the point? Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> as someone who has no idea about Doctor Strange, I don't yeah. know the backstory, I've never read, read it in the comics, I'm going in it purely as it's Benedict Cumberbatch, and I love him as an actor, so That's I will right. go see that movie. And I yeah. love Tilda Swinton and Rachel McAdams. So, I mean, I'm not clamoring to go see it like I am the other ones, but I definitely yeah. will see it. I'm just going in waiting for him to say the game is afoot, because he hasn't said it in Sherlock yet. <laughs> <laughs> He's holding back. I know. For effect. <laughs> How about you, Kat? What's your thoughts on that one? I feel the same way I did with, like, Ant-Man. It's like, I'd probably rent it or something, but I don't really have the need to go see it. Yeah. Um, well, like, so one of the other ones, too, we did get a chance to watch real quick before the start of this was the new trailer for X-Men Apocalypse, which is the, I think, believe it's the final trailer. It is the final yes. trailer. Yeah. Okay. So, um, honestly, it just looks like more X-Men again. Yeah. Um, it's, as uh, I think TJ put it, it is, we're looking at Beast as a human again still. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're seeing Mystique mostly as and human. And you can't tell me it's too expensive. It's that actor saying, I want to look human. Pretty much. Yeah. And then going, okay. I'm sorry. I don't know who you are. You're not famous enough not to look, you know, to be able to pull off the mask every five seconds like Robert Downey Jr. or mm-hmm. Chris Evans. Every time you get into a fight, the mask's got to come off because they need screen time. But it's, you know, I'm sorry. You're. Just be beast. Don't be human for some of the movie, That's and then the beast only, for the rest. Yeah. Of the other big problem is too is I think also one of the reasons they're holding back on that is then they have three blue mu- the blue mutants in this movie. Actually, four: Apocalypse, we have Beast, mm-hmm. Nightcrawler, mm-hmm. and Mystique. Mystique. Yeah. Oh That's, That's a lot of blue. That's because Marvel lost all of its crayons when it was creating the X Men. It could only find the blue one for a while. You know, it'd be awesome if they did a scene with them just standing around drumming on weirdly made PVC pipes. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would, I would pay hate to see money to see that. Yeah, it would be That's a banging good time. Yeah. Oh, God. So just like, out of the pun bell. I know. There is a reason why, though, characters, and getting on that and kind of going off topic for just like 10 seconds, one of the reasons why characters are certain colors is because of the way that comics were printed yeah. in the early days. Yeah. Right? So that's why they were that way. Yeah. So that's oh, yeah. why it seems like there's a lot of blue characters. Oh, yeah. the, um, the, I think the biggest problem I have with the X-Men, is the only X-Men movie I liked was First Class. Oh, I love First Class. And if you look at that, it was one of the ones that Brian Singer had no hand in. Yes. I actually got the exact same way. And I look at it and go, Brian Singer cannot make an X-Men movie without centering on either Mystique or Wolverine or both. And this one, it looks like Mystique the villain and near assassin from the last movie is going to be joining the X-Men and leading them because that sounds like a great fucking idea. <laughs> well, yeah. on the on the topic of Wolverine too, obviously that's the big tease at the end of the trailer. Yeah. But when they have listed that, they say they are Wolverine-like claws. 
There's no mention that that cameo got clear. is they, Wolverine. They, they didn't mention how official it is, and it's a small it role. Well, that yeah. just ruined everything. <laughs> <I'm getting ready. laughs> yeah. I personally, I like all it's the It's probably going to be a new actor, though. I no, don't know, because don't they've, already, so. they've already used Hugh Jackman in that yeah. timeline, so they would have to use him mm. again for continuity. Yeah. 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 The only one I really, yes, really because like let's was... talk about how the interested, in, interested the X-Men movies are in any form of making sense and continuity. Well, actor-wise, it's always been they've always used the same actors for the roles. I, I so, hate to say this, I don't know how you replace Hugh Jackman currently can't. in the Marvel universe as Wolverine. I think he's too well established. Unless you were to reboot into yet another, you know, I just yeah, I, I sort of got the next words out of your mouth. Our origin story. Oh I'm going to take you out beat, and back I, and beat. And I think that's one of the reasons why the next Wolverine is also the last Wolverine, and it's Old Man Wolverine. It's because it's the they're they're wrapping it up. Yeah. They're not going to do Old Man Wolverine. Yes, they, they are. They've already confirmed yeah, they, it. It's they Old Man Logan. Okay, Patrick they're going Stewart to call it Old Man. Yeah. Yes, they're calling, calling it Old Man Logan, but they don't have the rights to any of the characters except for Wolverine. Well, <laughs> it is what it is. So, so <laughs> new Suicide Squad trailer though. That's a. I would say that's a fairly on a positive for most of us. Oh, Ballroom Blitz! Oh my god, I I can't wait for that one. Nope, me neither. So good. And one of the things I loved to bring up, I forgot. I think I was talking to Ben on DC Primetime about this, but it's the second Suicide Squad trailer that also featured another song from the Wayne's World soundtrack. Yes, it did. (laughs) That's fantastic. First it was Bohemian Rhapsody, and this one was Ballroom Blitz. Really, what they don't tell you is that there are actually songs from um, Boomerang's CD uh, CD player. He's got it on. Like, just repeat. Oh, so it's a total <laughs> ripoff of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go, DC. Way to no, do no. something original. Um, I still can't wait for the movie. Yeah, it, it looks great. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to ne- bring a much-needed later tone to the DC universe, which is I saying something, that. given that I'm pretty sure at least three of the characters are going to die. Yeah, it's Suicide much. Squad. Someone's well, not going to make it out. We yeah. already know who that is. It's <laughs> yeah. the one person that we've seen on posters and then never in a trailer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, oh no, I'm pretty sure Diablo is going to buy it too. I would say Diablo is. Well, we know Slipknot's going to buy it because yeah. But eh, it looks fun though. Yeah, more we fun. saw more Batman in this trailer, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. So we know he's in the movie for sure. Uh, we've read that, and we mentioned this on DC Prime Time too that. Um, Batman is probably going to be an integral part of not just Harley's backstory, but possibly a couple other characters' backstories, too. Yeah, like, the big thought I was having is Batman's going to be the reason every one of them is yes. locked up in Blackgate or wherever else they're at in the first place. Yeah, it makes, makes the most sense. I think except for two of them, they're all Batman <laughs> villains anyway. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And we, do, yeah. and we do know that Katana, her sword has Maceo. And she's a good guy. She's She's loyal to Rick Flagg. Yep. So. I still don't know if I like this iteration of Joker, though. I, I, and I, I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe, uh, Heath Ledger ruined <coughs> any other, you know, Joker Heath role. Yeah, Joker. for yeah. me. And I Did know they're. like older ones? Like Jack older Nicholson and Cesar Romero and Mark Hamill in the animated series. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, my first was Heath Ledger, honestly. Maybe okay, that's part of the problem. So and, I'll, and I'll tell you what, the other day I actually went back and I watched the original Batman with Keaton and Nicholson. Yeah. The Nicholson version still holds up, man. Yeah. It's still yeah, it's amazing. Us. He was fantastic. Though I'll be honest, for me, it's ha- it, it, it's Hamill. It's Mark Hamill's voice that yeah. I will always hear yes. when I read the I Joker. When I read the Joker and when I read Batman, I hear the cast of the animated series yeah. every time yeah. I turn one of those pages. Absolutely yeah. so true. So I guess that leads us to the last one, which actually ties well into what we were just saying, was the animated version of The Killing Joke, which comes out in July, I believe. So, it's going to be so messed up. 
Yeah, so a very classic Batman story, uh, written by Alan Moore. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it late late eighties, early nineties? Uh, yeah, late any. late eighties. It was. Um, I think it was actually one of his last works for DC. I think so. Yeah. Okay. But very uh, seminal book in the. Batman mythology. It's the, and it was when he was deep in the drugs. Yes, yes. <laughs> the classic story of Barbara getting shot and paralyzed before she becomes Oracle, and it was the whole idea of kind of gave us a version of Joker's origin, um, yeah. and then the same idea that him trying to re- recreate all it takes is one bad day to drive a person mad, which his whole intention of this is to drive Gordon mad. Mm-hmm. Whole purpose of the book, um, and it's a really messed up story. And I know they expanded this about I think about about twenty minutes because it's actually a fairly short story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not very long. It's it's maybe the equivalent of two two comics. Well, it's yeah. like when you handed me the comic to actually read. What was the, yeah. one of the first things I said to He's you? Like, was wow, like, oh, I, I thought this would be bigger. Mm-hmm. I think what they're going to probably do is add in. They're going to do some establishment stuff with Barbara. With Barbara. Well, they've said that they're going to show Barbara as Batgirl a little bit before to kind of establish her. Yeah, because there's a all, because she was in the comics by the time Killing Joke rolled around, and the reason she was offered up as the here shoot her. Yeah. Was because she had retired as Batgirl almost two years earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was no comic that featured her. There was nothing yeah. with Barbara Gordon that and DC and Alan Moore said, "I want to shoot Barbara Gordon in the stomach." And DC went, "All right, go ahead." <laughs> They're like, "All right, you can do that." And it wasn't. A, and it was a side book. It was not part of a continuity. Or yeah, anything, it, but everybody loved the story so much, and they everybody started just going with it. it yeah, really. And actually, funny story. enough. Um, because of that story, John Osters, I think, uh, who was writing Suicide Squad at the time, took Barbara Gordon, put her in the wheelchair, and made her Oracle. Yeah. So in Suicide Squad is the first time you met Oracle. Yeah. Wait, so Felicity Smoke isn't the real Oracle? (laughs) (laughs) No, that name was taken. (laughs) Overwatch. Get it right. Uh, we, we all, the one thing we also haven't mentioned too is the fact that this movie's going to be rated R. Yeah, thank God. Yeah, it needs to be. Right. Yeah, to do has it to be. Right. It's it's a very intense story, it and it just has to be done story. well. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's great. We get Mark Hamill, Kevin, Kevin Conroy, Conroy, and Tara Strong. Is it Conway or Conroy? Conroy. 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 Okay, Conroy. that's what I said. I wanted to make sure. <laughs> but yeah, it's just an awesome story, and I can't wait to see it. So. Um, but actually, that also rolls right next into our next big thing we wanted to talk about. Independence Day! Oh, no. <laughs> no, no. It looks interesting, I'll give you that. It does. Okay. I've never but seen it looks the like it should have come out 15 years ago. I mean, That's because you were two when it came out. <laughs> <laughs> now it's because we had five tapes. It was not one of the five. <laughs> didn't make the cut. So tonight we decided one of the things we'd love to sit down and talk about is our favorite villains. Uh, and that's across all media. Um, and the reason that they are our absolute favorite villains. So I'm just gonna kick around a little bit and get everybody going. Unless somebody has something right off the bat, and I do. Dive right in. Yeah, uh, I, I, I actually do. Oh, actually, you're yep. been quiet for a bit. So um, I actually just thought of it when I like I looked over at the DVDs and I'm like, Buffy Spike was a villain originally, and yes, he was. was a fantastic character. Yes, he was. Yeah, but he became a hero. He did. But he still. But he was a villain. A villain. Right. He was. Oh my! And as a villain, he was fantastic. I mean, think about comic books. How many villains that we've seen and read and loved in comic books have jumped and been like, well, I guess I'll do the good thing and and be good for a bit, and then they go back to being a bad guy. So. He was a great example of that. He was a great villain. Mine is actually not from a comic book movie or television show or anything. It's just from a guilty pleasure movie, and it's played by an actor that I absolutely love. Mm -hmm. 
I am a huge fan of Cyrus the Virus from Con Air. Played by John Malkovich. Yes. <laughs> he is one of my favorite <coughs> movie villains. And I just, I love yeah, that character. And yeah, that's about it. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, there's, a com- <clears throat> there's a comic book writer named Brian Azzarello. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, who once said the most interesting comic book, uh, the most interesting villains are the ones who think they're heroes. Huh. And he said that right before he right before he did a comic for DC called Lex Luthor, Man of Steel. Yep. If you haven't read it, go get it. It's fantastic. Because it shows you that in the world of DC, Lex Luthor is the only hero. <laughs> Uh, and so you just you get a look into the businessman Lex Luthor that's just amazing. And for that, I'll always go back to that and go, "This is why Lex Luthor is my favorite villain." Nice. How about you, Aaron? So mine is actually from a book, if that's okay. Totally. <laughs> I hope so, because so is mine. <laughs> <laughs> so there is a um, a series of books that I know some of us have read called the Dresden series. Yeah. Yep. And one of my favorite villains is Nicodemus, oh. the Denarian. Oh, and the, awesome. for those who don't know, it's yeah. the story of you know Judas with the 30 gold coins. 30 demons went into those 30 gold coins, and when you pick up a gold coin, now you have that demon in your head. Silver. Sorry, silver coins, Jesus. <laughs> so 30 silver coins. Yeah, I'm a great Catholic girl. This is what I <laughs> Sorry, Mom. Um, so it's 30 silver coins. So a demon goes into 30 silver coins. You know, and when you pick that up, you have that demon now. And, you know, there's 30 of them. And he is kind of like the head and just evil beyond evil, just purely for the sense of the joy of being evil. I'm going to say yeah. damn you because that was mine, too. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to say, actually, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I'm actually going to go Jonathan Crane, Scarecrow. Always nice, love yeah. the character. Yeah. Um, just, especially in some of the interpretations they've done over the years. But I think some of my favorites have always been the Arkham Asylum games. Mm-hmm. Uh, the version you see in that is a very warped, very twisted. Actually, my favorite episode of the animated series is called Over the Edge from season four. It was mm-hmm. that retake. And it was him gassing. Yeah. yeah. Batman and well Barbara on the rooftops. And, yeah. Oh, that's. And it was the episode that looked like Barbara died, episode. and Bruce was on the run. His he got his identity was found out the whole nine. But like, just shows you how twisted the character was. But one of my favorite moments too was uh, Arkham Arkham Asylum, the first game, and it's just Batman walking down a hall and going into the morgue of Arkham Asylum, and the body bags start moving. And it's his parents, mm-hmm. and it's the corpse of his par- of his parents talking, and also the roof of the building gets ripped open, and it's a giant version of the scarecrow looking down on him. Dumping him into a nightmare world. Like, always thought he was just a brilliant character. And actually, they did an amazing job, too, with the, their own unique take of the origin in Gotham, too. Which we actually recently just watched. Uh, and it was actually quite interesting. That but, level yeah. of the game, by the way, was a big pain in the ass. Yes, <laughs> Though I will say, my, probably my favorite part of that, the Scarecrow ones was where it looked like the game reset in the original. It was like... Oh uh, no! I just spent an hour doing this without a checkpoint. Wait, Aww. what? That is going on? down, walking down Crime Alley, and yeah. all of a sudden Crime Alley starts morphing, and there's blood everywhere, and then you yeah. realize you're walking back onto the moment of his parents dying. Yeah, yeah. All these really great, huge, poignant moments. Uh, let's see. Mine is probably Pop from the uh, famous short novelization of Pop on Pop. <laughs> 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 no, I. <can't. laughs> the look of confusion. 
was perfect. You know what, what was, was horrible? For. That was the first thing I thought of. Say <laughs> that. He said pop, and I went. Yes, he can. No, actually, I think uh, my favorite villain would be uh, God Emperor Leto Atreides from Ah, the Dune Dune series. Uh, Uh, That's wonderful because he is a very long-lived villain, uh, at least from the the perspective of everyone else that lives in the universe. I mean, three and a half thousand years of him, you know, just viciously crushing any economic, political, or religious organization that Mm -hmm. crops up. And from the viewpoint of countless generations of people, this was a monster. But when you learn his insight to the Golden Path and the fact that he was keeping humanity from heading down this hole of destruction, it, you almost have to sympathize with all of the horrible things that he had to do throughout that period of time to keep that from happening. It's just, it's a marvelous, marvelous villain slash hero. I have a couple honorable mentions. I got one too. Uh, I will mention out Oh, I can. Yeah. Well, we can go around one more time. We actually got through that pretty quick. Um. Well, honorable mention obviously is Hans Gruber from Die Hard. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Uh, really, not Timothy Olyphant from Die Hard Four. No. <laughs> with the beautiful hair. What? The sidekicks with the beautiful hair. The one, uh, yeah, the flowing the one hair. Man, yeah, the one being um, Another another one would be Zool from Ghostbusters. <laughs> mm. But the other, the probably my second favorite is going to a TV show. Uh, I was a big fan of Benjamin Linus from Lost. Yes. Yeah, he was, he was a great villain who did oh find redemption God. at the end of the at the show, but he started off as a villain. villain. He was actually—I don't know if you know the backstory—he was actually only contracted for, for one fi- no for five episodes. Five. Yeah. yeah, and he was so good that they wrote a permanent role for That's, him in um, the show with Spike's character too in Buffy. That was only supposed to be one episode, and they were supposed to be yeah. done, and then everyone like you know just, he just ended up. It continuing on. Just for the record, that does show that Lost had no idea what it was doing. <laughs> Still bitter. Alrighty. <laughs> I enjoyed the ending. I'm, not, I'm just going to put it out there. Paul, do you have any additional? Uh, Saruman from The Lord of the Rings. Uh, okay. Sure, it's not the cat in the hat? Aww. I've got some theories on that. <laughs> Actually, I don't need a goldfish. He was just trying to ruin everybody's That's day. Cute. I know, right? Shot. And nobody could see it. It was right there in front of him. No, uh, Saruman hits me because, I, I don't know, because... From his earliest introductions, he comes across pretty slimy and shifty, I thought. But it seemed like everybody accepted him because that was his wizardly attitude, you know, until he obviously shows his true colors, you know. But I I always, something about him, there's something captivating about that level of just malevolence, I guess. So that would that would be my honorable mention. Um, Dark Side. Yeah. He is... If you go and look at mythology, there are very, very, very few actual gods of evil. Every Most gods, you know, Hades isn't a god of evil, he's the god of the underworld. Loki isn't the god of evil, he's the god of lies and mischief. Yeah. Okay. Darkseid is quite literally billed as the god of evil. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, this is... <laughs> yeah. Um, and he... You know, uh, he was so popular that uh, when Jack Kirby created him, that a few years after he was, uh, a few years after he premiered, uh, Marvel hired a guy to rip him off, and that's how we got with Thanos. (laughs) Who, um, but yeah, so Darkseid would be, you know, let's go with the little god of evil for my second best villain. (laughs) How about you, Kat? I just thought of, um, in the Sword of Truth series, I really enjoyed the Mord Sith, because they were 
presented as villains, and yeah, but like um, as the series progressed, you kind of saw different sides of them, and you know when they're big boss died and stuff like that. It's like, all right. They started switching allegiances and kind of, you know, adapting. But they were really interesting characters. In the show, too. But the show was a very different beast Parallel of it, yeah. Yeah. The show was really fun, but you had to completely forget the books. Like, the books were really dark. And the show was like Hercules and Xena. So, <laughs> which was not very dark. But it was really good. Plus, they really couldn't show that level of uh, BDSM on television. I know. Oh my god. Some of the <laughs> some of the stuff they got into in the yeah. books were like, okay. You stop reading for a minute and you check the front cover to make sure you didn't accidentally <laughs> mix in a porn with your fantasy yeah, right? novel. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, mine is, my Adam Orange is Ramsay Snow, the Bastard of Bolton from Game of Thrones. Probably oh, one yeah. of the most vicious, evil, oh, for no reason, evil characters. So and yeah. I feel, and I kind of feel bad. Like the actor who plays him on the series is fantastic, he's and I really think good. he'll never get cast. What was this show that he was in Misfits? When he was in Misfits, yeah. You should follow his Twitter. He's yeah? hysterical. Really? Well, that's like yeah. kind of like Joffrey. Like, he, he, Joffrey was like he quit. He, oh yeah, he's not. He's done acting. Well, that I was mean, his first and only role he's ever done. And, and when oh. you're when you're kind of cast into that kind of fame so quickly at such a young age. And that's all you're that's seeing so is tough. everyone hates me. But everybody on the cast said he was the nicest kid I'm you would sure. ever meet. The, I'm sure. The, the funny part is about him, um, you know, he's nice to the fans. He always looked happy. And I honestly think it was less that, you know, people hated him and more that he was like, eh, acting's really not for me. I'm and I think it. that's what it was. Too. I, yeah. I'm going to go find something I really enjoy. Yeah. And they, he left. Well, they, they cast him over the edge in my opinion that was one of the problems i had joffrey you know was an evil little son of a bitch uh and he comes across great in the books as evil but it, it just seemed in in the game of thrones in the hbo series like they had him pushing the envelope they introduced elements that were not necessary to yeah, drive his character i mean yeah. he was despicable or you know enough yeah, without so, having yeah. to yes. they threw a lot of things in to just make him be a downright like yeah. it just went over the edge it, made, it almost made it unbelievable to me in yeah. a way, you know, so yeah. I was kind of. But the dragons were good. Yeah, they were yeah. always good. So I think I've got like an honorable mention, and I would say my runner up. So honorable mention, I gotta say Jafar from Aladdin. Oh, yeah. Dude. oh, oh. that was awesome! I, had, I, I loved him. Man. That is the best guy liner in any movie ever. Yes, <laughs> I was actually gonna say I, I was gonna combine my three runners up to see if you could figure out who I was talking about. I was gonna say. You poor unfortunate souls should be prepared to receive one million dollars. <laughs> which would be Ursula, Scar, and Dr. Evil. Yeah. But it's but, funny you went Aladdin. But I gotta say, though, my actual other runner-up, oddly enough, Biff Tannen. Back to the Future. Yes. Yeah. Because Aww. it's a character that's just a moron. Just the Tannen family. Just, it doesn't even have to be Biff. But I mean, if you just even just look at Biff, though, like his arc, like he was just the asshole dumb jock and when he gets the old man he gets incredibly smart figures out everything on his own pieces together and redoes and destroys time purely just out of self like just self-will to do it and changes everything brilliant villain and just very fun and when you first see him he's just this moron and another actor who is an incredibly nice guy. Yeah. Because I've met Tom Wilson and he is yeah he's a stand-up comedian yeah and he's funny as hell and just an incredibly nice guy. Yeah. 
and still mm-hmm. loves the fact that he was Biff Tannen. And he sings a song cool. about it as yeah. stand-up. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so cute. He basically does a song about, yes, I was this character. Yeah. I know I'm not going to talk about any of these <laughs> yeah. character roles or what happened behind the scenes and blah, blah, blah. What's Crispin Glover like? Never talk to him. Ah. <laughs> 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 <sighs> But yeah, no, like I said, I, you know, villains are always so much fun to love. I mean, it's funny, too. We never even mentioned some of the big ones. Like, nobody brought up Darth Vader or Voldemort or anything, because there's so many unique, interesting villains out there. And we could probably go on to this. Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. yeah. Another big one. Joker. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, pretty much you take Batman and throw a dart, and you find, like, so many awesome mm-hmm. villains. We were talking about when we were watching Gotham, because it's like... Because I, I love that um, they kind of gave, rather than giving, like, Joker the spotlight and stuff like he usually has, it has, um, right now, the spotlight's been on Riddler and Penguin, and it's been so good. Speaking of, I met the Penguin this weekend. Oh, How was it? The, oh, God, I'm sorry. No, he was awesome. Was he, it? Yeah. Robin Lord Taylor is an incredibly nice guy. It's good to know. <laughs> uh, the, thing, the thing that bothers me about Gotham is that supposedly all of the Batman villains are reflections of some portion of Batman. Yeah. Okay. Without Batman, you're sort of, it's like, they're, they're not reflections anymore. They're just there. <laughs> yeah. But ultimately, <laughs> look at it as an Elseworlds story. Yeah. yeah. If you look at it as an Elseworlds really story, Elseworlds also, shaky start took off mid-season. Really also, bad. I would like to say that if we go with the timeline we're going in Gotham, Bruce Wayne will be Batman in about 15, you know, he's what, 12 now? Uh, I would say he's about 15 or 16. That old? Yeah. No, they made, um, so about five or six years, Batman, you know, at the outside, you know, the shortest possible timeline, Batman will come to Gotham and start beating up on senior citizens. Most of them aren't that old. And actually, yeah, most, most, most of the age structure is right. The only one that's kind of off is like maybe Ed, like Nigma. Yeah. I guess so. But that's but about it. Some of them are all right though, because like um. Yeah, but the, I mean, still like think about it. It's a twenty-year-old versus like a forty to fifty-year-old. <laughs> I mean, it's like. Oh, I don't think your parents seem... are gonna like that you're calling them senior citizens. FYI. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> and you're saying <laughs> think about think about most of us here. A lot of us are getting kind of close to 40. Yeah. Yes, and if a 20-year-old took a swing at me, I'm pretty sure I'd go down rather quickly. <laughs> yes, but you're also not a super genius. I'm not criticizing your intelligence. I'm just saying. Yes, but how... So, oh, so I wouldn't know to duck? <laughs> Apparently uh-huh. takes... <laughs> By your assertions, can I then feel okay to wave my cane and yell at children playing on my grass? <laughs> yes. Because I've been waiting to do that, but I wasn't quite sure whether or not I'd earn it. You got the gray in your beard. Yeah. Do it up. Go for it. Crazy old man coming up. Not a problem. <laughs> General Zod. Yeah. Another one we forgot. Yeah. Lando Calrissian. He's a... Ooh. Come on. He sold out hold. Or, uh, here. I, I don't know. He was a villain or here. is he... No, I'm no. Yeah. He wasn't. That was an attempt at laughter. Um, the fact uh, that any oh, of you God. took that seriously I'm actually like, worries what? me. What? <laughs> I can't... Why is my mind completely blanking? Podcast brain. Who's the number one Decepticon? Starscream. No, Megatron. Star- Megatron. No, Starscream was the fun villain in that. Well, Let's yes, but yeah. I was talking about Galvatron. Galvatron, <laughs> Galvatron yeah. Or Unicron, voiced by Orson Welles. Well, the Dinobots. Yeah. Let's face it, they were dicks. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, moving on real quick before we get back to the uh, evil. Oh, God. <laughs> Being boozled. Is that our idea this was? Benz. Drag it to the street. Beat They're him. all pointing at me. <laughs> I'm good with this challenge. So one of the other things I did want to talk about, because there was a massive shakeup in the last two weeks. Um, everybody here has played video games or has a video game console in their home. I what? know that for a fact. Oh. 
Um, so it's the idea of iterative technology. Like the fact that we all have, most of us here, minus one, has a smartphone. <laughs> most of us have gone through more than one smartphone at this point in time. <laughs> Mine didn't survive the dryer that one time, so yes, I'm, I'm on cell phone. But it's the idea that technology is moving forward so fast. And one of the things that we feel like has always been a safe ground is when a new console generation cycle starts. It's like, cool, PlayStation 4 is out. Drop down my money or the Xbox One is out. I'm going to drop down my initial investment. And this is, should carry me for, what, seven, eight years, give or take? Mm-hmm. What are people's thoughts about that idea that's pretty much fully ending? Like, that is going away. Well, no, we just had one guy say he doesn't think, and he's an idiot. No, no, no. There is solid, solid reasons. So you probably haven't yeah. been up to news on I'm news. not up to date on this at all. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, last oh, week, early, early last week, um, a couple major publications, people like Eurogamer, Giant Bomb, IGN, all were given letters. And there were some rumblings back at the Game Developers Conference, which is where pretty much all the best developers kind of meet up to kind of talk together. It's just an insider's kind of thing where it's like, you know, the people from Rocksteady, the people from Infinite, uh, you know, like you know, Sucker Punch and the guys that make Uncharted from Naughty Dog all get together and they all say, this is how we achieved this in this game and using the specs that we have and all these great things. And the press that was walking around kept hearing rumblings of PlayStation 4.5. And everybody was like, what? And everybody kind of let go. And everybody kept hearing rumblings too at that conference that there's another Xbox One coming. And everybody's like, we'll believe it when we see it. This is BS. Last week... All these publications were given from developers like EA. Uh, here's the spec sheets for these new consoles that are coming out before the end of the year. And it is PlayStation 4, 5, Xbox One version 2, and all these things where they're going to be now becoming more like PCs. So we're going to see every game that has to get developed, even since they had said in Sony's presser release that they haven't released, but the developers released to the public, was saying that come October, every game needs to have two versions. The Neo mode, because it's the code name is Neo for the PS4, and a base mode, which is the existing PS uh, PlayStation 4s. So those going to be an upgrade versions that are better graphics, faster, better CPUs. Developers can do more with them, and this hits the internet and everybody blows up. But see, this isn't something that surprises me. Like when I first heard about Xbox One and PlayStation 4 with these next gen consoles, you take the Xbox One for example. It's basically a PC inside of a, oh, yeah. inside of a they case. Are. And just like any PC, <clears throat> you don't have to buy a new PC. You can simply upgrade the PC. So to me, this is something that's just the natural progression of gaming. You don't have to buy a new console. You can simply upgrade the one that you have. Well, so I, actually, to me, it doesn't need... There doesn't have to be... With the way everything is now and the way everything can just be upgraded with plugs and updates and everything else, to me... I'd be perfectly fine if the Xbox One is the last iteration of Xbox I ever buy. Because that means that's another six, $700. I don't have they to They said this is, unfortunately, this is a brand new unit. <clears throat> yeah. This yeah. is not an upgrade. See, but no, I've heard... Or... Uh, see, I thought... When, initially, I thought you were talking about somebody uh, somebody high up in Sony said, this is the last generation of consoles. No, yeah, that's... that's that that's that was the guy I was calling a... an idiot. Um... What I with that, I've also heard it compared to the, with the. I've heard the Neo compared to the Sega CD. Not really. Um, uh, so basically, what it is, it's just they're giving the ability to do more with your unit. Um, but they did say they're trying not to split the user bases and all these things. So no games can be made solely for the new version. They have to work with the old. Um, so it is the idea. It's like having a better graphics card in your computer where you can buff a little bit more out of it. And the, if they if they find a way to 
you know, that I don't have to worry about having to get a new console after, you know, three months ago having bought a second PlayStation 4. Mm -hmm. I'll be okay. Whatever. I don't care. That's what I mean. It doesn't really bother me at all that they're doing this. I think... Well, so I remember when the the PS3 came out and um, I had friends that ran out and bought it and I kept asking, well, how is it? Like, it's a little buggy. It's a little buggy. You know, everything, it's still that, this and that. And then that changed over time because, you know, the technology and firmware Firmware and everything. Which, so I'm wondering is if this is just kind of a play to be like, hey, we're just not going to keep updating stuff. We're just going to bring out a whole new console. And then you have to buy the buy the whole new console instead of That's just... That's kind of where I, it feels I, I more like it's going yeah. from based on the reports. Yeah. I yeah. think you hit it on the head. And, and I think the reason you're seeing them all come at once is because you've got competing interests here. Mm-hmm. And as soon as somebody starts to launch or even give indication that they're going to be launching a brand new console that, that you know, the firmware is upgraded, it's going to be faster, it's going to be better, it's going to be smarter... The other competitors are faced with two choices. They can scrap the research that they've been doing on whatever their next gen was going to be. Find the mid-step. Yeah, because, I mean, if you don't scrap it, then you're starting behind the cue ball anyway because the generation after that's going to be even more advanced. Or you push what you've got on the table every three years. Here's our next version. Yeah, and you may just be seeing PlayStation 4, Xbox One. It's just Xbox and PlayStation. The way Apple now, they don't really talk about... Here's the game, I honestly think this is less of a game console generation cycle ending and more of potentially a console uh, arms race. Yeah, like I said, honestly. it's going to become instead of this normal console cycle, it's going to be oh, editor of tech. Yeah, and it's it just going to be faster, faster. Because a, a lot of the appeal to having a console is I went out, I bought it, I don't need to worry about it anymore. Yeah. Well, that's I why a lot of people are angry. That's yeah, why I, it's like I don't need to upgrade my computer to play the latest game. Mm-hmm. I just have the console over there, and I'm going to throw the disc in. Yeah. Um, in, a, in the case of this, I think we might see this once, and then they'll go, oh, oh that didn't work. <laughs> well, I think the one of the things that I was explaining to Kat when I found out about this that made me kind of angry is if you think of, like, <clears throat> take Last Jam, for example. It's a really good reason. Think about Xbox 360. I think most of us played it or had one, even PlayStation 3. We'll get like a game like Mass Effect One, okay? Mm-hmm. Great, fun game. Mm-hmm. You look at it graphically, very primitive. Look at the end of that cycle and look at Mass uh, Mass Effect Three versus that. Yeah, same console. It takes years and years and years to learn how to program for these things, and you lose the ability to these developers to say, "We haven't even figured out everything this thing can do and how to make it happen." When you jump in something like this, that step mm-hmm. is removed completely. It's no longer. Let's work hard to do something unique and interesting, like you saw with The Last of Us, mm-hmm. the end of PS3, which you never expected mm-hmm. to see something on that machine like that. But I, I don't like the idea of this being like an every two or three year kind of thing. Well, that's where the thought process is. Look how long it took for Xbox One to come out after 360. I mean, we had a good eight like, years. We had a good eight, nine years mm-hmm. stretched before the next yeah. console came out. If that's how it is, I'm fine with that. If you look at the iteration of doing a new console every two or three years, comparing it to Apple, that's a bad example. Well, that's because, what people are talking about, that this is... But if you look at Apple, Apple actually just reported that their profits are down for the first time yep. because mm-hmm. people are getting tired of buying the next iteration every single year yeah. or every six months. It's a trend that's not going to last. You might do it for... If you're releasing a new console over two or three years, it might last for two consoles, but then eventually people are going to be like, you know what? I'm fine with the one I have. Pretty I don't much. need another one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is why I think this every two or three years thing is a bad idea. It yeah. also depends on what exactly they're adding. 
Because we haven't, I don't think we've seen the full specs. We're going to see it at E3. Yeah. Well, the specs are out there. The specs well, yeah, are I, out I, there. Well, no. The supposed specs, until they come forward and go, this is what it They've does. They've been confirmed. They have been By confirmed. By who? Uh, all three developers, like three major no, AAA we, developers. Ubisoft, EA, okay. and who's the other one? Uh, I can't remember. I think it was 2K. Okay, but until PlayStation comes out, and until Sony says these are the specs, they can change at any point. Oh, they can, yeah. Okay. I, so it really depends on what they're... Ch- like, if they go, okay, now they're all 4K enabled, I'm going to go, I don't care. Yeah, pretty mm. much. I'd like the second one Ben had to say, though. I don't... I, I think you're absolutely right. I don't think it's a sustainable business model. No. But I also think um, that these companies are doing what a lot of companies are doing. I mean, it's a profit-driven business. They've got shareholders to make happy. Mm-hmm. You know, I think what you're going to see is you're going to see a flurry of everybody trying to keep up with each other until people stop buying. Once people stop buying, then it's going to go back to the older model of, of really putting time and energy into building the next greatest thing without necessarily building the newest greatest thing yeah. as quickly as possible. But it, it's going to take a couple generations of people spending money before that, that, that frenzy dies yeah. off. I just And to kind of piggyback off that, I wonder if it's a model of looking at this. It's a very millennial idea. It's like you get your phone, your phone lasts for two years, and you buy a new phone. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that that's, and then personally for me, and I know for a lot of people in my age bracket, that it, give me a, I'll buy my console, and if I have to pay 20, 30 bucks a year to upgrade to the newest upgrade, I would be fine with that. I just don't yeah. want to have to shell out $600 to buy my next upgraded console. You know, even, you know, as, as my husband said, if, you know, some things, there's some specs he could care less, but... I kind of want a new, bigger, brighter model. So, yeah. but but if I have to upgrade it, I'll upgrade it. You know. But I think it's going to become almost like the iPhone, where you know the next iteration of the iPhone came out, and all they really did was tweak the graphics just slightly more mm-hmm. so they could put it into a new phone package and put it out. Mm-hmm. I think that's what these consoles are going to become. It's like they're going to figure yeah. out a way they can increase the graphics and the frame rate just a little bit more. All right, let's repackage it and put it out now before anybody else beats us to it. Mm-hmm. And that's all it's really going to be. You're not going to see major changes between consoles if you're doing it that close in proximity. I think one of the big things from some of the major points they were going over, the graphic processor was about double. So for the PS4 specs, the Xbox One, that's been still in rumor mill. All we know is AMD, the guys that are doing their chipset, did confirm that they're working on something for Microsoft that's getting released on the Xbox brand early next year. And that goes back to (laughs) address their stuff. But we're probably not going to hear about their movie until E3, which is in a month and a half. Sony's doing the same thing. And the biggest thing that I think scares a lot of gamers is we saw it, uh, the only time we ever really see iterative stuff like this in consoles has been by Nintendo in their handheld division. Uh, you had the DS, then the DSi. Then we had the 3DS. Now the new 3DS. And the new oh, yeah, 3DS really? is faster and better and all these things. Mm-hmm. And there's a good example of that that scares a lot of people because the idea is now developers are going to have to make one game with two variations on a disc or on the download. Um, the example everybody goes to is they made a version of a game called Hyrule Legends, which is kind of like a Dynasty Warriors game with Zelda characters that plays, that they made for the Wii U and they made a 3DS version. Works on 3DS and new 3DS. New 3DS version runs fine. The version on 3DS does not run fairly at all. So everybody's very worried that since they're being told in this press report that got leaked was come October, every game that's released has to have that patch in for Neo. And the problem is the question is what happens when developers say, because they're told their frame rate and graphics have to be better than the base version. And they absolutely have to be. Um, but they're not allowed to have any other bells and whistles in it. It's just 
better frame rate, better graphically, because it has to be able to kind of push to 4K. So everybody's worried what's going to happen to the base users. In a year or two, when you get a couple of lazy developers that screw a fan base that's 40 million and on the Xbox side, 20 million. Something just occurred to me, though, and you know you know a lot more about the, these companies. How many of the console companies are also working on, on VR? Do you know whether or not any of them have really started Sony. to take the plunge? Sony is the only one. They have it coming out the end of the year. So Everybody else is PC. It just occurred to me, that being the case, is it possible that perhaps these companies are seeing incoming new tech? And, and they want to be able to make sure they push. They're, they're trying maybe to push their newest, brightest things out to kind of take some of... People's focus away from VR and back to consoling because I if, if they're not it's a way to double down for Sony if VR fails that they have this to pull yeah, back on. I get but they're releasing it at the same time, which is the problem. Yeah, I mean, I, mean sure. I get it from Sony's perspective, but the other companies uh, who I have no doubt probably have their own groups working on it, they've got to be a little bit concerned about if VR takes off like a wildfire, yeah. they're going to be left behind. I mean, it's it's you yeah. know by putting out brand new products this quickly, they are getting some focus, they're getting some attention, and that may be their their strategy. Uh, so, just to so I looked up PlayStation Neo specs, um, and from the look of it, so the base PS4 has uh, 1.6 gigahertz. The Neo would have 2.1. It's overclocked, basically. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> the G the GPU uh, is at 18. Uh, a, uh, I'm sorry. Don't bother. I'll put it up in the. Yeah. I'll put it up on the board. Yeah. The biggest difference I can see is that the gigabytes go up. Uh, yeah, basically two eighteen gigabytes per second. It's like I'm looking at some of this going. Who cares? <laughs> there's no point. Yeah. I do, oh, and it is four K. Yeah. I do like the idea though that you mentioned about an upgrade program for consoles. No, they're not. I know no, it's not going to no, do it, yeah. but just like with my phone, oh, I pay. I pay an extra, I think it's $5 a month on my phone bill that puts me in a program that after a certain amount of time, I can simply trade this one in. The problem is ultimately... And upgrade for a new... Phones one. are subsidized. And consoles never... But the phones so, are actually more expensive than the consoles. But when, yeah. mm -hmm. Let me ask you, when's the last time when you bought your phone that you spent $600 or the $700 that phone's supposed to be? That's very true. You yeah. never had. I, I, I don't care. It. I don't want to <laughs> buy a new console. Well, I mean, if they, if they look at me... Yeah. 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 It's it, it's it, we're not going to know anything really until E three, and when we hit that moment, I'll probably do a little tiny sideshow just yeah. to kind of cover some of that stuff. So I will we'll laugh if they if PlayStation comes out at E three and goes, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. It'll be interesting. So we're gonna do one more round of Bean Boozled before I break. Hate you all for this. <laughs> so we're gonna start. We should start with Cat. Didn't we're she go start last? With Kat. So here we'll ready. No, no. You, 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 yeah, you got to give her a choice. Oh man! So what's this one? Butter rotten popcorn eggs. or rotten egg? So it's That's either one I egg. don't like. At least the butter popcorn is sweet. I don't know what yeah, this, this one is. is. I think I that is it. moldy cheese or caramel corn. Great! <laughs> I'm owing two so far tonight. So. Oh hell no! <laughs> I'll take the blue one. <laughs> that is berry blue or toothpaste. So I'm okay with that. Either way. Where it's like the green, I think I'd be fine with one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh, 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 oh. he got two black ones, just so everybody knows. <laughs> so let's hope middle one isn't my third defeat. I can smell it. It's already a bad one. No, I think they they all smell yeah, the same they way. They all smell the same way from being in the pack together. Yeah, okay. 
Yeah, All right. Yeah. They've got a pretty thick. Oh, no, I got to get a choice of two. They got he a pretty. Didn't. They got I a pretty thick shell. That was his choice. They've got. All right. There we go. They've got a thick shell, so you actually have to bite into. What's that? You got a cop out one. It was the cop out one. Uh, no, I want the... You're like, oh, God. It's, yeah. They're stuck. Ha, ha, ha. Okay, blue. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. So real quick, more recap. Who's got what? Cat has rotten egg or buttered popcorn. I have moldy cheese or caramel corn. TJ has got toothpaste or berry blue. Fetish has got scum spray or the licorice. Ben also has toothpaste or berry blue, as does Aaron. So ready? Three, two, one. Skunk spray. Berry um, blue! Oh, mine's toothpaste. Very moldy. Yes! Mine's moldy cheese. <laughs> Ow. That's how did you stand that? I can't. Oh my god. Thank you. That's as. Oh that, my god! I can smell it. That, that tastes like what it smells like. That's horrible. What did you have? Oh. Uh, again, I don't know. Uh. Okay, I'm owing three for the night. <laughs> oh my god. Uh. Oh. You should have had your camera set up for this. I know. <laughs> All right. Oh, we'll do it again next month. Oh, no, 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 no. All no, right. No, no. And everybody, real quick, we're going to be back in just a minute after we wash this taste out of our mouths. <laughs> and we'll be right back. Suggesting. Okay, so we're gonna go around again. So apparently, I have either stinky socks or tutti frutti. Cat has lawn clippings or lime. Aaron has baby wipes or coconut. I think this is caramel corn or moldy cheese. I think you have caramel corn or moldy cheese. TJ also has the same, and Paul has booger or juicy pear. Win win, baby. Win win. So again, in three, two, one. Oh God! <laughs> oh, and four. How can boogers taste terrible? They should taste terrible. I have coconut. Uh, <laughs> Yay! That was moldy cheese. This I got socks. <laughs> I have long. It doesn't. It doesn't matter that I spit oh, it out. It's stuck yeah. in my throat. That taste is still there. <laughs> Coconut one tastes great. <laughs> I'm beginning to really regret this game. <laughs> There's only one more round. Yeah, but I've lost every time. Oh, oh, oh I got a white chicken. Just give me your barbecue sauce or Polynesian sauce. I'm just going to drink it all, man. Oh, dear Christ. Why did we do, do this? Do you want to be drinking? Yes, please. Why did we do this? Oh, Christ. Oh. <laughs> Oh, God. So the next time Ben goes, I have a great idea. You say no. I will never be invited back to this podcast again. Are we certain the ratios on that are 50-50? No. No. 
Okay, because I'm beginning to wonder. <laughs> that's it's, all a lie. It uh. seems like two people have done all right out of like the last <sighs> three rounds, and there's what? Because I got one us? good one. No, you got in one some good there's one. there's five of the color. Yeah, and out of five, they can't all be fifty fifty. Well, that's well, no, I get that, but I. We just mean. There have been eighteen attempts with only two successful that I'm aware of. So there are still a lot of jelly beans left. I get that, okay. but man, there's still. Uh, a lot. Uh, so before we continue on with the second half of the show, there's a little bit of business we have to attend to real quick. And then usually we do this at the end of the show, but just in case, I know a lot of people skip <laughs> over the the end plug. So I want to get this in real quick. Uh, so in just about two weeks, Cat, uh, myself, Paul, uh, Ashley, Bill, uh, and a couple of our other friends will also will all be attending Steampunk's World Fair. Uh, and that's in Piscataway, New Jersey, from May 13th through the May uh, through May 15th. And if you want more information about that event, you can go to steampunkworldsfair.com. And that's fair, F-A-I-R-E. Um, also, oh, go ahead. Um, with, on, I'm just going to piggyback in there. With uh, Steampunk World's Fair, if you look at the catered events, I'll be running a tea tasting at <laughs> Libs. Um, it's the We're All Mad Here Tea Tasting. So there's only 30 spaces, and they're selling out quick. I would check it out. Yep. And like I said, if you're looking for Cat, uh, myself, Paul, uh, you'll all find us pretty much hanging around the Solstice Bre- Brews table. Uh, we're actually not going to cover this event this time. We're actually just going to have some fun and help Cat out at her stand. So Woo! you can find the Caffeine Crew folks all over at Solstice Brews and Retro Future Sundries. So. I'm honestly looking forward to remembering what little I'll remember of it. Me too. <laughs> uh, the other event that we have to bring up, too, is also not far away as well, which is Too Many Games 2016, which is in Oaks, PA, and that's from June 24th through the 26th. And for more information about that, that is at TooManyGames.com. That's T-O-O. Uh, and it's a really amazing uh, event we've covered the last two years. Bill and I are usually the ones uh, going to the event, and uh, Cat will probably be joining me, and I'm sure a couple other people, but... I will be there on Sunday. Yeah, it's uh, amazing, amazing concerts, um, really amazing vendors room, awesome panels, uh, and some really fantastic cosplay, and the indie game showcase, so you can check out new board games, new uh, new indie games that will probably be coming into Steam very soon, so really recommend it. It's actually a pretty cheap ticket admission for the three, uh, for the three days, and even solo days are pretty cheap too, so you definitely will find at least one of us at one of those events, so definitely check them out if you can. Um, so because we were just mentioning cons, I thought I'd also, we'd kick into one of the other big news stories. Um, actually, TJ brought this to our attention real quick, which is Wizard World. Uh, there was actually some, it's kind of interesting, we're doing business this, this, this month. But, uh, as, uh, from going from video game consoles down to comic cons. So Wizard World's uh, World CEO actually recently just stepped down, uh, and the company announced that in 2015 they had a $4.3 million loss for operating. And I know a little bit of that had to do with uh, them purchasing Con TV, which kind of ended up being bust for them. Um, but, you know, profits at the conventions have been dropping pretty steadily. Yeah. And uh, they had pretty much now since brought in our new, their new president, which is John Matea, uh, which I think he's been attached to Warner Brothers uh, Entertainment Division yeah. for some when while. When did they bring him in? Just recently. Just recently. Just yeah. Yeah. Well, they just, this all happened so in did... the last week. Okay, yeah. Yeah. so he did, he's Wizard... not the ones who like... I actually have the press release. John Macaluso was the previous president. Uh, he stepped down, I want to say it was last late, late last week, and within okay. two days of him being down, the new guy came in. They okay. actually just made the official That's announcement right. that he was taking in, uh, that John Mattei was taking on the, on the 26th. So two so, days ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'd, I'd like to say, it's not that conventions are going down, because Dragon Con is still very successful. Gen Con is still very successful. Yeah, Jeff's... Megacon. Megacon and still other... And comic Wonder books. Con's doing still great. Yeah, comic book conventions that aren't attached to Wizard World 
are still being very successful. Real quick, too, before we get into this a little bit, I want to make this very clear. This is not us bashing Wizard World or anything like this. We actually do go to this show, and we actually do have a very good time. I attend Wizard World every year, and I love Um, it. It's just kind of the fact that there's so many conventions now Mm -hmm. is the fact that things are changing, and they have to kind of change with the times a little bit. Well, I think it's also when it comes to Wizard World. I've been following Wizard World for the past two or three years because we've been covering them as press through Next Level. And... In the past two or three years, they've they've pretty much, as you mentioned, Con TV, they added on to it. They also added on probably close to another five to ten locations that they were yeah. going to do. And it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of coin as a startup to add a right. new location with everything because you're booking new guests for those cities, you're booking the venue for those cities. That takes a lot out of it. Not to mention the fact 2014 wasn't a great year for Wizard World, especially when it came to guests and photos. Mm-hmm. They lost a lot. I think what happened was they had a really rough time with the people they were using for their photo ops. Because I know for Philly, for example, I, I went and I did a number of photo ops. And it took me till about 9 o'clock at night before I got a lot of my photos. Now, they corrected that last year where within two minutes of getting your photo, your picture was in your hand. Yeah. But I think a lot of that... I think because of that bad year, business dropped off in 2015 because people didn't want to go because of the bad experience they had in 14. I think in 16, with the number of guests that they've booked, especially for Philly, I think business is going to pick back up again for them. Um, I'll be honest, though, from like a con-goer perspective, Wizard World doesn't really do it for me because it's really expensive. And if I'm going to spend that kind of money, like even just for the basic tickets... Like, there are so many other cons cropping up and so much out there, like you were saying, Teach, that, like, you can go to that, you know, I'd rather spend the less, like, less money and go and do all these different things. Like, when I, I vend, I, I vend at Jeff's events and stuff like that, but I mean, like, you know, there are, you can, like, pop into one room and there's, like, tons of panels going on, but on top of panels, there's, like, different, like, sideshow things, and that's a different type of vibe, but, like, they don't. They haven't really been changing what they're doing at all. We're trying to, you know, it's the same thing. Like, I went to Wizard World and I just kind of was like, oh, well, they're I, shopping. I've been <laughs> I've been going to Wizard World since I was a kid. Uh, yeah. I, I lucked out my, my father's into pretty much everything I'm into. So he was taking me when I was eight or nine. And we pretty much... Back before it was called Wizard World, it was called Comic Fest. Yeah, it was called Comic oh. Fest. So I was, we, I, That was yeah. my first convention, too. Um, we had magic card. We got the, one of the first sets of magic cards and chopped them as because we had no idea what they were. Um, <laughs> so but, did I. Yeah. <laughs> first edition. Yeah. Oh, my God. Alpha. Alpha. You guys had alpha cards? Yeah, because yeah. they were handing oh. them out because nobody knew what the hell they were. Still um, and if you had it, we would have been podcasting from our mansion on the hill. But yeah. guess what? <laughs> so we... Um, so over the years, I've seen it go from Comic Fest to Wizard World and to what it is now. And the first thing I've got to say is I agree with Kat. It's too expensive. It was $65 for one day. Yeah. And I look at that like and most go... most cons, more cons, you can do an entire three-day pass for $65. Yeah, exactly. Gen, I mean, Gen Con, um, when I, and I think even this year, is about 100 bucks for all three days. Yeah. For... One day it was sixty five dollars, and I look at that and go, I don't. And that's you know. Then I got to pay for food. I got to pay for parking. Yeah. I've got anything I want to do there. I've got to pay. I've got to pay for. It's all these different things that start adding up, and that's not even going to. Hey, I have to pay five hundred dollars to meet 
Todd, uh, Tom Hiddleston. I don't have $500, but I'd love to get his autograph, but that's not going to happen. I mean, and to piggyback off of TJ, too, they want it to be a family event. And when you're asking $60 a person... Families have a hard time fam- and, and, you know, one of my favorite things to go to cons is to see the families come in, and they're all in cosplay, and the kids are having a great idea, a great time. I can't imagine spending... $360 just to get my family in the door, number one. You know, yeah. and then number two, you can't then do anything because everything, you know, you want to shop, you want to meet people, you want to get autographs, and, after, and it's $40, 50 $60, $70 a thing. So, yeah. I, I, to, I guess to kind of play off both sides, it, play devil's advocate to it a little bit, the ticket prices are expensive, but the ticket prices are so expensive because people do pay it. You go to these things, especially on a Saturday and a Sunday, and the building is packed. Mm-hmm. So, Wizard World is going to keep charging these prices as long as people are willing to pay them. And there yeah. are always people willing to pay them. It's just like people who go to concerts. Concert tickets become as expensive as they are. Sporting events become as expensive as they are because people are willing to pay them. It, they, they'll keep increasing the price until there's an extreme drop-off. But then they know, okay, we've gone too high. Mm-hmm. But as long as they keep getting what they're asking, they're going to keep asking for it. But also on the other note that you mentioned about they're not do, they're doing the same things every year. Mm-hmm. Wizard World actually released another press release that they're adding concerts and music to the to oh, Wizard cool. World this Good. year. Well, that's Wizard really and done. Philly is the first spot that they are doing it. Yeah, they're yeah. having concerts of notable yeah, artists yeah. playing Wizard World this year. That that is, that is, here's the question: Is that is is that an additional <laughs> fee though? I don't believe so. I think okay, it's, no, that's I, a positive. Yeah. Yeah, that, and then at that really point, I'm willing to pay $65 because now I'm getting concerts. Yes. Yeah, I'll put it this way. The last time we went to Wizard World, I felt like I spent $65 to go to a comic book store. Go to a mall. Yeah. Yes, I felt like exactly. going to the mall. And I didn't even oh, buy anything. With too many people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a crowded mall. I'm like, <laughs> I don't even like this. And it was... <laughs> And you walk down Artist Alley and I'm like, this is really small. And it was like maybe three years ago. And the yeah. Artist Alley was tiny. Like it's gotten, got, it's gotten a lot bigger. It wasn't. We were there two years ago. It wasn't that big. Yeah, but last year they they okay. they, they grew. Last year, yeah, where, did we go last year? I think I'm it was sorry, actually, I'm across the table at my wife. It wasn't. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't last year. I think it was two years ago. Two years ago, where they had the if you walked in onto the floor and the photo ops were to the right. This year we didn't come in the right. We door. No. we went the. Year well, there was only the, one way onto we the. We went the floor. year David Tennant was there. The big get was David Tennant and, and um, Billy Piper. And Billy Piper. That was last year. Okay, so we went well, last year. Yeah, I don't remember the artist alley being that no, big. No, but it was we, bigger than the year before. Well, okay, okay. <laughs> that's unfortunately not saying a lot. Yeah, um, and then Slowly you know increasing. we walked. We were there with my uh, in-laws, and we walked the entire floor in less than four hours. And at the end, they went. Well, what else is there to do? And I mean, that's pretty much it, unless you want to go to a panel. And that's what I mean. It's like, <clears throat> if they add stuff like concert content and things like that, because that's when I go to other events, like even Too Many Games, um, you know, that's a teeny There's tiny like event. But they 10 have concerts, concerts a day. They have games to play. They, they have, have board gaming sections. Mm-hmm. Like, um, Jeff's events have, like, game rooms. And not just video game rooms, they have board game rooms and things like that. And that would be such a huge... And the other thing I think they need to get, like, as far as I remember, last year, Marvel and DC, two of the biggest comic book, two of the two big comic book companies weren't there. At least at Philadelphia. (laughs) Getting them back in. That's kind of important. But I mean, you know, know, on on the same note as what you were mentioning, too, and again, I guess it's kind of playing devil's advocate and sticking up for Wizard World a little bit. You paid $60, $65 to walk around the floor that took you four hours to do. 
Whereas a smaller con like Great Philadelphia Comic Con, which I loved, by the way, I went yeah. to this past weekend, was like a $35, $40 ticket for the day. I walked the floor in a half hour. I, I was So if I wasn't there to buy anything and if I wasn't really, if I was just waiting around for, for panels and things like that, I would have felt like my $35 was wasted. Because Fair. it's a smaller con, it's still a great con, but I walked the entire floor in 35, in 35 mm-hmm. minutes. No, they actually... It wasn't that much because they had Groupons for like ten dollars. And Wizard World does it too if you catch them. If you do catch them, okay. Uh, And don't get me wrong, I like, I have enjoyed Wizard World over the years. I think over the last couple of years, they've kind they're trying to become San Diego Comic Con. Like each one of their events is trying to become. I don't even think it's that. I think it's they're getting (coughs) the big news. Excuse me. The big news doesn't come out of a Wizard World anymore. It comes out of San Diego Comic Con. It comes out of the New York Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, like, only- but the, the it used to be the big news came out of Wizard World, and I think they need to pull that back in because if you pull that back in, you get the you, you'll get comic book fans to start coming again, coming in. You know, go, hey, because like last year there was no Phil, you know. There was no DC panel at Philadelphia. Or Marvel. Or Marvel. And it's like, I, you know, I would have gone and sat through that for four hours. I mean, one of the things that, yeah, I kind of backed TJ up definitely on that. And like I said, every time I've gone, I had a good time. But <coughs> one of my favorite things was when they used to have those regular panels. Because I was, and especially this year, is so important. DC is launching <coughs> Rebirth Sorry. weeks before this con comes out. Yeah. And this is a perfect time to say, hey, it's out. What do you guys think about it? Mm-hmm. And I like DC to be there. I mean, I know it's different now that they're all in L.A. But yeah. I mean, Christ, have reps out here. I mean, like I, won your, yeah. I won your... At, at the Philadelphia Comic-Con, I met um, Jimmy Papillary, who right now is writing Harley Quinn. Yeah, I met him so back cool. when he was writing Power Girl. Yeah. And I thought... Yeah, and that was great. I think but that's he what He was there with too. the DC panel. At least these small... Like, a lot of the smaller cons, it feels like it still has a lot more to do with comic books. Yeah. And I think Wizard World and San Diego feel like it's nailed more about what's happening in movies and TV. I mean, while that's cool, it's a fun place to do oh, it, yeah. but it's kind of makes you a little sad that if you're one of those people that's grown yeah. up with it as a comic con, like a true comic book con, and now it's like, this is another place for them to plug, like, hey, our actors from Star Trek are all going to be here, and they're going to talk, mm-hmm. and while that's cool, because a lot of us have the same interests, yeah. it, it's, it still feels like <coughs> the main core fans that grew that audience are now getting shunted a little bit, and it feels yeah. a little odd. I think one of the bad things, and it's nothing, it's nobody here at this table, because I know we all feel the same way, but I think one of the things that really gets to me is that there are some people out there that are very hypocritical. They they criticize the, the ticket price for Wizard World. They don't do enough. They don't do enough. And it's the same thing over and over again. Yet these are the same people that will wake up at a certain time to make sure they're on the reserve ticket list for San Diego Comic-Con, yeah. which is even worse than Wizard World when it comes to it's the same things every year, every year, yeah. every year. Mm-hmm. And you, yes, they get these huge panels, which some of them aren't even that big this year because they're dropping out last mm-hmm. minute. But to even get into those panels, you have to waste your entire day being up at 6 o'clock in the morning to wait in line for four Drop hours for to get yeah. into Hall H. I and just God paid, forbid you leave Hall H for any reason. I just paid... You know, sixty, seventy dollars for Saturday, and it's wasted sitting in line to see one panel. I and I paid yeah. airfare and hotel to get out there to oh. do it. That that to You're me thousands of dollars is a to waste of money. Yeah, I can agree with that. The, the the 
question I have, and I, um, I've i done a little looking into Wizard World for this year because we, we want to go. And with all these big names coming, so, I mean, they have the Avengers coming. Are they going to do a panel with them, or is it just going to be, hey, these guys are here for autographs and photo ops, but you have to pay that VIP price? As far as I know, all you pay the VIP price and you get to see the Avengers. I think that's such a they waste. Won't be, yeah. I yeah. really think that's such a waste. You I have mean, all these amazing, well, talented people there. If you pay the VIP price... It depends on what VIP you, you are doing, but you do get the photo op, you do get the meet and greet, and you have reserved seating at their panel. So they are doing a panel, but only for the VIP people. Well, the VIP people are reserved seating. There is a line for non-VIP people, but you have to be there at a certain amount of time because you get to fill what seats are left. Mm-hmm. However, like David Dennett and Billy Piper last year, they are now in the big room. So they are on the third floor of the convention center, which the big room there is probably half the size of the convention center floor. Yeah. So there are a lot of seats. So if you're not VIP at Wizard World to get into a VIP panel, you still have a good shot of getting in. You're going to be sitting in the back half of the room, but you still it's still easier to but get the into those panels. The VIP pass is going to probably yeah. still cost you five hundred dollars. Oh, per absolutely, person. it is. Yeah. But you consider the price of a photo op compared to the price of a, of a autograph, uh, <coughs> plus your admission for the weekend. It adds up to be about the same thing. So, I mean, you're paying... Wait, we're still no, talking no, about no, that VIP way. thing as though just for that group, though. That's <clears throat> the problem. If you want to do this with multiple other people... And oh, you have to buy VIP It's passes, not yeah. just for that group. Like, Tom, each one, is, like, Tom Hiddleston is $500. I mean, it's just two of them. It's Tom Hiddleston and Chris Evans. The rest, yeah. the rest have... I mean, No, it's, it's Tom Hiddlesworth and Chris um, Hemsworth. Tom Hiddleston and Chris Hemsworth. Are you sure? And then it's Chris Evans and Haley Atwell. Okay, because I then Are I must have read that. I think so. That's a thousand dollars to meet four people, and the sad thing is, and we—I'll uh, put it this way: well, we, we brought it, we brought this up in, like at least eight to ten episodes ago. People have to stop paying that money to do that because those prices need to come way down. Hiddleston is the only one you need a VIP to meet. Chris Evans, you can buy a photo op. Haley Atwell, you can buy a photo op. So you can meet these people without the VIP. Yeah. Hiddleston, I believe, is the only one you need a VIP to meet. But I could be wrong. I'm using my magic think box right now. and seeing what I can find. So Captain America, the first Avenger, you can meet Chris Evans, Sebastian Stan, Haley Atwell, Dominic Cooper, and Stanley Tucci. Thousand dollars. <coughs> you okay? Yeah. Uh, Winter Soldier. Moldy cheese. I know. Yeah, that's much. really what it is. Winter Soldier: Chris Evans, Sebastian Stan, Anthony Mackie, Haley Atwell, Atwell, and George St. Pierre. A thousand dollars. Those are two separate tickets. The Avengers: Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, and Tom Hilston. Again, separate ticket. Thirteen hundred and fifty dollars. Ridiculous. I'm not sure. Nobody should be paying that. Uh, Chris Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston, $950. Oh, if you just want to meet uh, John Cena, that's only $246. (laughs) Tom Hiddleston is $500. But you know what? If you don't pay that $200, you can't see him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I mean, Ben Ben is right, though. I mean, this is, you get all of this with these these VIP passes. I'm flipping through them now, and it's like, they also have like, Michael J. Fox Ooh. and Christopher Lloyd and, and Leah Thompson, which, I mean, when are you ever going to see them in the same room again? And Michael J. Fox does not do comics. No, he yeah, does And by the way, that's Aww. been discounted. It's only $900. But, you know, I just, 
Does that physically hurt you, Fesh? The, the, well, one, the one thing that, that does bother me is, like, will they have a... That's the thing, is, like, are they going to have all these amazing people here and that's all you do is see them inside, have their side, or will they have a panel? And if they have a panel, that's that's wonderful, because then, yeah. you, then people who can't afford to put down a $1,000 yeah. can still actually be in the same room and see them and... Now, there is a caveat to this that a lot of people aren't mentioning. When you buy the VIP pass and you have it included in the photo op and the VIP panel and everything else, you can bring a guest mm-hmm. in the photo op with you and into the panel with you, meaning you can split the cost of this for two people. These VIP passes are technically for two people. The only thing the second person doesn't get is their weekend pass into the con. Okay. So um, you could the sad thing is technically... It's technically 500 bucks. It is. It's still 600 bucks, I'm like... <laughs> Oh, the only, it's, just, it's just painful to think about. The only thing I can, the only thing I can add to the overall conversation is they're replacing a John with a John, and from a business standpoint, I just I don't think it's going to work. What? <laughs> He's talking about the CEOs. The CEOs. Oh. <laughs> a John. And hey, what? I was like, John. what are we Nothing. talking? Are we talking Nothing. about Cena again? Nothing <laughs> changes. So, so just for just so everybody knows. There is one that's actually pretty reasonably priced for a VIP package, uh, and that is John uh, Jason David Frank, who's there every year. Yeah, <laughs> but he's only seventy five dollars for the VIP package. And do you know what you get with that? Hey, we saw him at New York Comic Con. He was fantastic. Oh, I've interviewed him on the red carpet of Wizard World, <laughs> and he's a great guy. He is a great it's guy. Just... So for $75, it's not actually a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> but when he goes to every single Wizard World Con, <coughs> he makes his money off that $75. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. so what we're saying is everybody skip these high price ones and just go see... Uh, yeah, go see... Because J- yeah. he's now, a great guy. Now, <laughs> I can't really say anything because... I get press access to Wizard World. I know. So it doesn't cost me anything to go to Wizard World. However, my first year there, I did spend probably over $600 in my photo ops, but I got four photo ops for that $600. I got Christopher Lloyd with the DeLorean, Matt Smith from Doctor Who. I got five photo ops, actually. Um, uh, Karen Gillan from Doctor Who, Nathan Fillion, and um, uh, Lauren Cohan from The Walking Dead. So oh, for my six hundred dollars, I got five photo ops. I'm not complaining about that one bit. Sad, the sad thing is, for the most part, though, you're probably not going to get anywhere close to six for that same amount of money. No. <laughs> this year, no. Yeah. And that's and that's I think that's what, what we're, what we're yeah. saying is I think more of the problem is. And I did it because I I did it because it was my first con. I wanted a true con oh, yeah. experience. Yeah. Last year and this year, I don't have to do that. I walk around mm-hmm. being press, and that's yeah. what I do. Well, yeah. it's like you think about it, you were just at a con this past weekend. You got to hang out with Robin Lord Taylor. And that's one of the things I love about the smaller cons is that mm-hmm. if you go to Wizard World, this is a negative on Wizard World, and all those booths that are there, unless it's a low person on the totem pole, you can't really approach them just to say hi. You wait in line for 20, 30 minutes because you paid for your photo op, or you, you paid for your autograph. And they don't allow photos at the booth because you have, they want you to pay for the photo op. Yeah. You go to the smaller cons. I literally walked right up to Robin Lord Taylor at his table because nobody was in line. And nobody was in line behind me, so I talked to him for 10 minutes. Didn't have to pay for an autograph because I didn't get an autograph, but didn't have to pay for the selfie that I got with him because he was cool with taking the picture. See, and then that becomes my question because... And I got to put my business card in his hand to have him on the podcast later. That becomes my question. If that 
because I've heard similar stories at smaller cons, like the Heroes and Villains Con yeah. in New York. Yeah, we uh, know in a lot of people that just hung out with right. the, the cast of these shows. Well, that's yeah. also because the no, con I, got I'm not just talking like because of the special, weather. Special yeah. event, you know? Yeah, um, but in general, that doesn't seem that the prices are that high. So that leads me to say, Wizard World must be setting the prices. They probably are. So why not set them lower, like the rest because, of the cons? Because, like I said... They're getting what they're asking for. As long people as they're getting that, yeah. they're going to keep the prices that high. If people, if like Rob said, people stopped paying that price and they realized business was going down, they'll lower the price to get the people back. Well, I mean, they did lose $4.3 million last year, so maybe yeah, right? that will be the catalyst. But I also to... think that was in adding cities and adding Con TV. And they actually said else. a big chunk of that was actually Con revenue, though. Yeah. So. But it would be surprising. I mean, like, I would, I would be surprised to see them, like, rise back up again, though, because there are so many newer conventions cropping up. That's the thing, is, like, you have to stay competitive, and right now they're able to set the really high prices, but Heroes and Villains Con was a new one. That was newer. Like, there well, like a couple other, years ago, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I think last very, year was its first year. Yeah. yeah, like, there are a lot of newer conventions And Atlantic City Boardwalk Con first year last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And those ones... Because people want that, people don't want to spend all that money, and they want the more personal experience. They want different things out of. They want more from a convention than just walking around a big one. I think they are going to see a lot of attendance dropping off, so maybe they will have to lower the prices. But you also have to realize too, when it comes to the VIPs and what they're at, what Wizard World is asking, mm-hmm. you have to realize that they're asking that much for them. Ticket prices, I can understand. Wizard World sets the price for that. But in order for Wizard World to make money off these guests, they have to charge that because this is what those guests are asking. Mm -hmm. If they charged what the guests are asking, Wizard World makes no money off of them. Yeah. So if they're asking $900, it's probably because a good $700 to $750 that is going to the guest. So they, they have to, when it comes to the guests and the VIPs, the price that they're setting is probably because of what the guest is charging. Ticket prices, I can understand, are ridiculous. Yeah. Photo ops are ridiculous. Autographs are ridiculous. But... I just miss the grand old days of, like, Comic Fest 93. And I'm like, look, that's Todd McFarlane. He's an upcoming comic writer. And I went up to him, and he's like, I was like, and, I, and he was like, hey, do you like books? I was like, oh, you drew Spider-Man. And he has all, he has a spawn NASCAR next to him, and, like, a giant violator <laughs> sta- statue, and I'm like, I'm like 12. And I'm like, this is creepy. Why is this weird guy talking to me? But if I want to do that nowadays, you're like 150 bucks if you want to have a conversation, kid. Yeah. You know? and that's and, a sad thing. And at this smaller con at Great Philadelphia Comic Con, I met. I, I didn't meet him for the first time because we've actually had him on Next Level before. But Scott Hanna, who's an illustrator for both DC and Marvel, he's actually in pretty high demand right now. Did a sketch for me, which you saw, I posted online of me in my cosplay as Jay Garrick the Flash, that minus awesome. Sans facial hair. Yeah. Um, and I got that just for simply hanging out and talking to him. I, I didn't have to pay an outrageous fee for yeah. that. Which was a Only good... I had known. <laughs> <laughs> that made my con experience because I, yeah. I, I got that piece to come up. Um, well, like I said, well, we have to move on uh, because we do have one more major story that we wanted to discuss before we get into the MFK and our final round of being boozled. <laughs> Yay. Oh, no. But uh, the last big conversation we want to have tonight is there's been a lot of heat uh, online recently about casting specifically to, for two characters. Um, as we mentioned earlier when we brought up Doctor Strange, uh, Tilda Swinton was cast as the Ancient One. Uh, and then also we have Scarlett Johansson's photo 
as Kusanagi from Ghost in the Shell coming out just uh, a week and a half ago. And uh, immediately, just internet exploded. Much anger, like the internet always does. Tum- Tumblr in particular probably went But crazy. it's yeah. the biggest issue in the Tinder? player. Tumblr. Tinder. Oh, Tumblr. Oh. Tinder went crazy. The world's like, swipe, you know, swipe left. left. <laughs> God, I can't wait till that's not a thing anymore. Yeah, but the biggest issue that kind of comes into play in the big argument was whitewashing of characters. And I wanted to get everybody's thoughts and opinions on not just even just these two, but generally just whitewashing in for major characters that we all know and love, or even just sometimes like racially changes to other characters we love as well. Because we've seen some of them in the past and we absolutely love them. Like one of the best examples, Iris West from The Flash. Candace Batten's fantastic. I absolutely adore her on that show. When she was cast, people were very angry. So I'm wondering, is this just going to be another quick brush it under the rug once the movies come out, or what? So, just be- before you go, Aaron, um, to clarify a little bit on uh, Tilda Swinton, uh, one, they're saying that the character is not Tibetan, she's Celtic, living in Shangri-La. Um, and they say that the reason for placing her her in the role was, uh, he originates, and this is a quote, uh, he originates from Tibet, so if you acknowledge that Tibet is a place and that he's Tibetan, you risk alienating one billion people who think that's bullshit and risk the Chinese government going, hey, you know one of the biggest film-watching countries in the world? We're not going to show your movie because you decided to get political. So they they have removed the idea of the ancient one being Tibetan because they don't want to lose the Chinese market. I just thought I should throw that in there. So in the instead, the thought is androgyny and albino. Yes. <laughs> so the Swinton is nothing but androgynous. I love that woman. Um, so as an actor, this this kind of hits home a little bit because I am a white woman. I love the fact that I will get cast if you want to cast me, whatever. But the thing that I always was taught in this idea of colorblind casting is if the race does not matter. It do, if the race isn't a part of the story, who cares what race you get? You exactly. cast in the role. It, it kind of bothers me that, it, from what I heard, and you know, I, I I don't know. This is kind of hearsay on my part. With Scarlett Johansson, they were talking more about making her look a little bit more Asian, and that's where that line gets really blurred for me. Because then, yes, the character that the race of the character is important to the story, so therefore. Maybe an Asian actress should have been cast. Um, this also came up in, in at least in my um, in, in what I do in the fact that like um, with Hamilton being cast and it's an interracial cast, the casting notice went up for that, and they were looking specifically for non-white actors. And of course, there's a couple of white actors that went nuts about this. But there have been casting calls that went up as only Caucasian actors. So this whole idea that that the whitewashing does happen. I think I think that characters of different races and actors need to be cast more, but I also think that if race has nothing to do with the character or the story, it should not matter. Yeah, I can agree with that. I I can agree with that to a point, but I I, I believe some of the the excuses that are coming out are just that they're they're excuses. Uh, you're dealing with Hollywood. <coughs> Hollywood does not have a really good track record. Of giving a, a, you know, I mean, they would rather put somebody out of character racial boundaries that's going to pull in box office views and stay true to things. But you're you're also dealing with an industry that still to this day 
uh, they're stuntmen. I mean, this is one of those dirty little things that happens. They they actually use blackface for a lot of their stunt actors. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, and yeah. I, I think it's systematic, in my opinion. Uh, and yeah. God bless them. That's one of the few things uh, that that. Um, oh, I'm trying to remember his name. Uh, crap. Podcast brain. No, the Jello guy. <laughs> Bill we Cosby. Know, Cosby. Thank you. I, 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 Jello I, pudding pop. Yeah, and as many horrible things that Sorry. have come to light about uh, bad his past. Next podcast. <laughs> as many bad things that have come to light about him, uh, my understanding is there's actually a Black Stunt Actors Guild out there, and uh, they are very torn over it because one of the things he did uh, contractually is he demanded that that his body doubles and stunt doubles be. African Americans, good, and yeah. you know, and they said it's really hard for us because here he's done this incredible thing and opened this world up for, for certain kind of uh, uh, stunt people that wasn't open to us before. Yeah, but he's also turned out to be a monster. And how do you juggle that? Yeah. So I mean, Hollywood. I, I just I'm very cynical. I, I hate to be cynical, but I am. Uh, I, I mean, that. one of the things I, I'm kind of backing your point up on that though too. I mean, think about one's one of the last movies that, aside from, oddly enough, Star Wars. Um, Force Awakens, that you've seen, like, for them taking risk on something like a Ghost in the Shell movie, there's like, here's an up-and-coming actor nobody really knows anything about, yeah. and it's just phenomenal. And it's the problem is you get a lot of studios behind that and say, how is that person going to make mm-hmm. us money? Exactly. And that's the problem with a lot of this stuff. But the thing is, ultimately, you have to do this. The talent pool that we're working with nowadays, they age out at a point, and you do have to bring in new people. And when you're having something that's already kind of, like, how many of the normal populace are going to go see a Ghost in the Shell movie? You're catering to the people that have watched the anime and all that stuff. Mm. Most of the people at this table are going to go see a Ghost oh, yeah. in the Shell movie. Absolutely. Yeah. But how many people, the random person on the street, and you say, hey, you know Ghost in the Shell, they're going to be like, what the hell are you talking about? Mm-hmm. So they're not going to care. They're like, oh, Scarlett Johansson's in this, though. And they said, you know, random actress from Japan that I've never heard of that is maybe in the background of two or three things, but has done like 10 or 15 films in Japan that is loved for over there. Those people are no longer going to be like, I don't care about this. And this looks weird. See, I, so I'll comment directly on yours, and then I had something I would say about something Aaron said. Um, if you weren't going to go see the Ghost of the Shell movie, putting Scarlett Johansson in it is not going to make me go see the Ghost of the Shell movie. Yeah, you're going to get a lot of people that love But that's just, yeah, it's just kids. you. Well, no, kids but yeah. parents that write, I loved her as Black Widow in Avengers. Oh, she's yes, got a new then, movie. Think about a lot of people did that when she was in Lucy. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that actually still had a fairly good she opening. Does sell but that's tickets. because yeah, she, yeah. But I don't think they're, they're going to sell tickets to people who are into science fiction. She's not going to cross a genre and pull in the person who's going to go who was going to go see a um, um, who's the guy who did the Notebook? Oh. Nicholas Sparks. Yeah. Nicholas, yeah. They're not. Uh, I'm sad. I knew that. <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. You're amongst friends. <laughs> uh, they're not going to pull, you know, saying, hey, Scarlett Johansson's in this movie isn't going to pull in the Nicholas Sparks crap. Um, so why not cast somebody like, you know, somebody else in that role yeah. who is still like, um, just gonna, uh, uh, and I'm really sorry about this, but it's the only person I can think of, like Lucy Liu. Or like uh, Ming-Na Wei from... Uh, Agents of Shield, yeah, somebody like that. Yeah. Okay, who would still get that crossover effect? But I mean, and not be a white person. That's kind of systematic of the problem, though, is the fact that like we we can only name three. I can think of a handful, but if you look at the sample of the number of 
Asian people living in there's so many. Oh yeah. I mean it's kind of bad that we can't think of Well, in my defense, I'm really bad at actresses. Really bad at lining up people no, in names. I, like I, I was barely able. I was just like Michelle Yeoh, no, but, but like, she's like we 65. We have a bunch of people who are all really good at like you guys are great at picking names and actresses. And I'm, but you know, I, I remembered Nicholas I Sparks. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember Nicholas Sparks. But most Sparks. of us probably went through our Rolodex in our brain and maybe came out with four or five but names. But that's problematic. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and most of us probably have the same four or five names. Whereas if you ask for white ones, oh yeah, we could sit there for hours. And the, that's and then a the, shame. The other thing is, it doesn't necessarily have to be... Race doesn't necessarily have to be important to the plot in order for um, a character to remain one way or the other. For example, with the ancient one, yeah, her her being um, uh, being Tibetan or Asian isn't integral to the plot. Okay. However, when I say ancient old one on top of a mountain, the first thing I think of is not a Celtic woman. Okay. As bad as it sounds, I go to the stereotype of the old Asian guy sitting on top of a mountain. Instead of saying Tibetan, they could have said Shangri La. They could have picked a, a city that doesn't exist and say, here's the city in Asia, and here's your guy. And again, it's Marvel. I mean, like, they have places like Wakanda and yeah. all these other yeah. places. Create, Create something. something. It's, it's based like, on a comic where they have all these fictional places that it, don't exist. Exactly. And then make it an Asian person. Make it an Asian woman. Who the hell cares? But you don't have, But to cast a white woman in that role is going... No, we just didn't want to, you know, we just wanted the white person. And no matter how, and, and this is nothing against Tilda Swinton. Um, or Scarlett Johansson. Or Scarlett Johansson. They're both very talented women. And I would be objecting if um, Harrison Ford was playing the Ancient One. That would be hysterical. Um, or that Mark, would be pretty awesome. Yeah. I'd go see it just for that reason. No, <laughs> or if Mark Hamill was playing the Ancient One. If Mel Brooks was playing the Ancient One, it would be hysterical. Mel Brooks would be great. I Take my money right now. Yeah. <laughs> but it would still be objecting to it. So I'm not objecting to the fact that they're women. I, I'm objecting to the fact that we could have done the correct nationalities. If it's Tilda Swinton, she's Celtic. Set it in Ireland. Yeah. yeah. Set yeah. in Ireland. Yeah. Don't say Scotland. Scotland. Somewhere, somewhere but, in Wales. But, but it's harder to believe magic coming out of Ireland. What? what? Oh, Without being a leprechaun. It's, no, it's, bullshit. That's a fey yeah, world. I'm part Irish and I can say this. <laughs> you know something about Celtic but the, No, but the kind of magic me? that is behind wow. Doctor oh. Strange doesn't that's... come out of Ireland. Merlin. That's... It's, they're, again, they're different. <laughs> that's English. But... I also, I want to go back to something that fetched... See that hole, buddy. <laughs> I'm trying to get myself out of it. Run! I want to go back to something that Fesh said. Here, quick, have a jelly bean. <laughs> Not that one. Um, when did Bill Cosby need a stunt double to eat a hoagie in the Cosby show? Have you never seen Leonard Part 6? Have you never seen Leonard Part 6? Ghost Dad. Ghost Dad. I Spy? Was that the show? That's right, yeah. It was I Spy. They're, they're, show. They're, they're, yeah. But, I mean, as far as, you know... Tilda Swinton and Doctor Strange, I have no opinion, to be completely honest with you. Scarlett Johansson and Ghost in the Shell, okay, yeah, whatever. It is it is what it is. It, you know, it's it, it's anime, but she's not Asian. Okay, so what? There are other, and it's not race, it's more casting of characters, casting of actors to play characters that they don't fit into 
that kind of bothered me. Scarlett Johansson can fit into the lead of Ghost in the Shell, even though it's a difference of race. Tilda Swinton, change the story around, she can fit. My problem is The Rock being cast as Jack Burton in Big Trouble in Little China, because it's completely out of his character, and rebooting a Jumanji movie with with The Rock. I know I'm getting away from these two, but you, you guys are talking about this and I don't care. <laughs> so I just wanted to express my opinion about The Rock being in Jumanji and Big Trouble in Little China. I'm done. I, to, to piggyback off what Fesh was saying, though, it's we have to remember that these movies aren't made by one director. It's made by a panel. It's yeah. a studio where... Board of directors yeah. and reps and who do we have contracts for that exactly. we need to finish up deals with. And... Exactly. And, you know, these people, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll shoot one day and the, and the, you know, the studio will come and be like... We saw that, but you need to change this, this, and this. So, I mean, it's not it's not one person's issue. It's, I think, as Fester was saying, it's it's a Hollywood issue that yeah. that there are not enough castings for and, and for actors out there of other than white blonde women. And Green <laughs> and Green Lantern is a prime example of that. Whereas, it, not with the casting, but with the story itself. Mm-hmm. You know, they've come out and said that the original story for Green Lantern would have been an amazing movie, but the studio made him change it. Yeah. Well, that's, you know what? People are going to bitch fit when we get to the Green Lantern Corps movie when they said, hey, we're going to have John Stewart, Kyle Rayner, and Hal Jordan. We cast three white dudes. You're going to see a yeah. lot of angry people really Absolutely. quickly. Well, again. When did they cast three white dudes? Not yet. But no. I'm saying if they did. If they did, yeah. I <laughs> again, I, if it was. If, if there weren't so many. <laughs> examples and again getting away from just casting alone take the controversy in the uh the oscars where you know it, it appears to be a system of of almost like a good old boys club where you it know very much is yeah yeah it, it it starts to speak to a larger issue with how things are done in hollywood and if it was just one area where it seemed a little suspicious you might be able to come up with with good excuses but when you start to see it kind of in every aspect, that's when it begins to get a little suspicious to me, and and, and seems to be uh, more systematic or and more systemic or or indicative of the overall culture. Uh, and hopefully, we'll see that change. Demographics here in the states are changing. I, I think yeah. eventually Hollywood will be get pulled along to starting to to cast more to uh, a background character's actual ethnicity, which I still believe is important to the role. I know people. You can say you know if. If the race isn't the feature of the character, then it doesn't matter. But, I mean, when you're dealing with established characters that are of a certain ethnicity, it's kind of hard to, to then say that that ethnicity doesn't play a part in that that character. Well, I mean, and it's so funny because it always feels like Hollywood is the last to catch up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do primarily, you guys know I do, I do stage acting, and you see it now in New York on Broadway that that idea of colorblind casting is totally thrown out the window with things like Hamilton, where the Founding Fathers are all played by people other than white men. You yeah. know, and you see it, that starting to catch up, and I feel like Hollywood... It's right on the cusp there of maybe starting it, but they're always last to go. Like mm. Hamilton's a great example. I think the other really good example is Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, starting up in London. Hermione Granger is, a, is an African American woman. Yeah, mm. and that's awesome. Yeah, I think it's great that they're doing it. And Rawlings was like, "No, I totally support this 100 percent," and yeah. shut down everybody super fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The time, the, it's the change in the times too, though. I mean, let's not forget that the internet gives everybody a voice, and if and a small if voice can get and really if, loud, and if really they're not, fast. and for for most people, if they're not bitching about something, they're not happy. You take, I mean, go back to what two thousand and one, two thousand and two, when Daredevil came out. 
Michael Clark Duncan cast as Kingpin. Yeah, I we didn't hear that. nearly as much of a of an outcry about that because there wasn't as much of a voice on the internet. That's very true. Yeah. Now that everybody's gotten a voice and most of it is anonymous, everybody's got something to bitch about. Yes. So if they have the slightest problem in anything, or even if they don't really have a problem with it, but they think it's going to get them attention, that's what's going to come out. I guarantee you half the people that are complaining that Scarlett Johansson is in Ghost in the Shell or Tilda Swinton, Tilda Swinton is Doctor Strange, they're going to be in the theater just like everybody else watching it. They're only bitching because people are listening. Yeah, I mean, it comes back to the anger thought. Like, our last episode, we talked really at good length about Ghostbusters. And all of us walked away from that conversation like, yeah, we're all going to go see it. And we're all kind of excited. Yeah, I am still excited. And we were all kind of like, yeah, you know, it, it may be a different take, but it still looks fun. Yeah. And I think really the big important thing is ultimately I think we all agree that Hollywood just needs to open its borders a lot more than they have. Yeah. Because, yes, I know it's all about making bucks, but you can fill these these important big names in supporting roles if you need to. Like, think about Batman in 1989. Who was top billing in that movie? Michael Nicholson. Uh, Nicholson. Uh, yeah, Nicholson. Yeah. yeah. Michael Keaton wasn't. So no, I was going to say, I mean, it was, yeah. See, the, and that's that's the thing. Michael Keaton was a relative, like, he had done a couple of movies, but his big claim to fame was He was comedy. Juice. He, he was, was a comedy. Yeah. He was he a comedy actor. Yeah, and somebody went, that's more Batman. And everybody <laughs> went, <laughs> what? <laughs> um, and if they would do that more, like, one of the things driving up the cost of tickets and driving up the cost of everything is putting these big name actors who get millions. Luke Scott, Mark Hamill. I love Mark Hamill. He's a fantastic man. Got fifteen million dollars for eight seconds. Yeah. He was the world's highest paid cameo. Okay. <laughs> I think it was like sixteen. But I mean, but, but to be fair, the whole movie plot revolved around him. Well, yes. So. But still, <laughs> what if we had taken that fifteen million dollars and not done anything with it? Let's. Put it back into the... They would have found another way well, to yes, waste I mean, it in another part of the movie. But but well, also remember that the that the movie movies have changed to the point where it's not like twenty million dollar movie. Now it's two hundred million dollar movies. We'll make three of those and leave a little bit extra. We'll do those as independent films. So it's yeah. the whole scape of Hollywood is changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, oh god, I see I you think, getting the bamboozle thing, and it scares me. I think me. that kind of wraps I'll up our first. thought process and all this. So it's our final round of being boozled. I hate this game. And uh, even if you get one, you got to take it. All right. Uh, so, TJ. juicy pear or booger? Yep. And if it's booger, fresh. Try that one last time. Yeah, it's not really good at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'll uh, I'll tell you what. I'm facing a potential shutout. Here. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've had this one, and I haven't had this one. Huzzah. Oh, so <laughs> I think I might have a safe one. Oh, it's still not that great. I've got toothpaste oh. or something. Oh, oh canned dog food or chocolate pudding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Go for this one. Go for the green. It's either lime or clippings or, or lime. Yeah, lime clippings, which is really <laughs> the only terrible thing I've had tonight, which wasn't overly terrible. Didn't you have that one already? Nope, nope. I had the blue one. Yeah. I had the blue pill. Uh, All right, you've had you had blacks before, yep. so also had that. Yep. Yeah, both was them. horrible. You've That's had that. Both of them. Oh my god! I have not had. You know what? We're gonna go with that one. Okay, which I believe is going to be dirty socks. Dirty socks. Tutti frutti or stinky socks. Okay, so real quick, already got oh, Fesh has got dirty socks or tutti frutti. <coughs> has got booger or pear. I've got. <laughs> Toothpaste or some Very blue. 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 I don't like 
pear. Cat has canned dog food or chocolate pudding. Aaron's got lawn clippings or lime, as, as do does I. Ben. So ready, three, two, one, final round, guys. Lime! Lime! <laughs> lime! Pear. Oh, wait, no, toothpaste. <laughs> Tootie fruity! How did you get fruity? How did you get lime? Cat has dog food. <laughs> I got pear. <laughs> I got tutti frutti. I, I'm one I, for no, four. That's, that's definitely toothpaste. It's not that bad. Which sucks. The one thing I got is the one thing I don't like. <laughs> cat. Oh, <what>? <laughs> <laughs> oh poor cat. I smell that too. I know. I, it smells like dog food. I got oh, cat does look I either got tutti frutti or I don't mind the uh, taste of stinky socks. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, with me, either one's a possibility. No, if it was stinky socks, you would know. It would it, is, it, is it bad? Okay, no. I got so, so for the record, I had that one last. I think. Or I could smell the dog food now. <laughs> right? I know. The smell uh, I don't know about the rest of you, but I think Ben should bring that to every podcast. <laughs> no. And he'd be the only one who does it. Actually, actually, on that note, since we're starting to add, this is going into the cheap plugs before the MFK, but we're going to start adding video content to next level, and I think I might actually do a video by myself. Of me doing of your sadness. Of me doing the bean boozle challenge. No, what you should do is just get a variety of people doing it. Do it up. What's that? Oh no. Actually what I plan on doing is I'm actually gonna take this to Atlantic City Boardwalk Con That's what and you interview get people the guests. get get people in cosplay to well, try. It reminds me it's like one of my favorite stations that I introduced Paul to on YouTube is uh, Hot Pepper Gaming, mm-hmm. which oh, is yeah, where yeah. people attempt to yeah. do video game reviews after eating incredibly hot peppers. I've seen something hot. similar, except it's Shakespearean um, like monologues after eating a habanero. Oh <laughs> I think I, I might get people to do like a movie review after biting into, <laughs> so it could be a good review, like after with a good flavor, or it could be a review while you're chewing on stinky socks. <laughs> so would you do is you do a thirty second review? It's a thirty second review, and at the end of it, it's just like hot pepper gaming. They give you your glass of milk when you're done your review. You don't get it until it's your review is done. So I give him a bottle of water. So. All right. Well, like I said, since it is the end of the episode, we got to close out the same way we close out every show, which is our Mary Fuck Kill segment. And this is the one that actually we were thinking about doing last month, but we decided to wait until this month. So I got a fun one for everybody tonight. So Lilu from The Fifth Element, Ellen Ripley from the Alien franchise, and Sarah Connor Connor from Terminator. And I'm going to be specific. It is classic Sarah Connor. We're not talking about Neil Clark or Leah Headley from the show. Oh, that changes my answer. Yeah. <laughs> Linda Hamilton. Linda Hamilton. Doesn't change mine. Doesn't, doesn't change mine doesn't either. Doesn't change mine so either. So straight up, right across the board, so everybody's on the same point. And yeah. I'm going to start with Teej, because I think he said he was ready. Yeah, I am. Uh, so the first thing I would do is I'd push Lilo in front of a cab. <laughs> I'd feed Ellen, Ellen to the alien, and I'd let the Terminator have Sarah Connor. So those are the three I would kill. <laughs> I'll then take Summer Gwall to fuck. Wow. Nope. What? Nope. No. Nope. Okay, then it's it, got to be pure to this list. You can't break or deviate. Okay, so and then I'll Summer fuck Glau, the Terminator, the marry the alien, <laughs> and not, then I've killed the other three. You're not fucking the Terminator. <laughs> you're fucking Sarah Connor. No, 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 no. I'm killing these three because <laughs> let me tell you, she annoys the hell. Lilo annoys the hell out of me. Ellen Ripley makes every B-movie horror mistake you could possibly make. And Sarah Connor, by the halfway point of the movie, you just want to shake and go, Oh my god, why are you still alive? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I'm not going to allow you to move past that one. you got to actually go to the rules, buddy. 
Pick uh, right. reasons why. <laughs> because Rob is making me. Indeed. Uh, I will marry Sarah Connor. I <laughs> uh, kill Ellen Ripley and I will fuck Leva. Okay. I have no other reasons besides Rob is making me. <laughs> Would you like to back up your husband? <laughs> Alright, so um, I would uh, fuck Lilo because crazy, crazy's good. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I would kill Ellen Ripley and marry Sarah Connor. So, okay, purely I have, and I'm going to lose my geek cred right now. I have never seen Alien. Oh. I know, I know, believe me, I know. Oh, and it makes me sad every day. <laughs> you can just watch it. It's not like it's scary. You really have to watch two of them. I, that's what I hear. I just, yeah. So, no, 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 there were four of those. You have to watch I said them. you only have to watch. No, no, no. If you're going to watch them, you're going to watch all four of them. No, 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 no. That goes against what you said about <laughs> Star Wars before we started either, where you could skip episode one. No, no, no. If you I didn't say skip... you could. I just said oh, okay. that was the machete order. All right. Well, then this is the podcast order of aliens. <laughs> <laughs> but I would totally marry Sarah Connor because I think she would protect. So. From the first movie? She can barely tie her shoes. She protect you from the first movie? No, no, no. Oh, no, no, Sarah Connor from the first movie. Cat, you're up. Okay. Um, I am going to actually do the same thing. It's um, bang Lilu because it's Lilu Hermovich. I mean, she's hot. I would go with that. And she's got the bright orange hair. It's adorable. Um, I like Ellen Ripley a lot in the Alien movies, but... She just, sorry, she pales and compares into Sarah Connor. I freaking love her. In the second Terminator movie, she is such a badass. Like, Linda Hamilton's just amazing. So, by far, I would marry Sarah Connor. You guys have all been reading off my paper. (laughs) It has to be. Because that's the exact... That's my exact lineup. No, See, mine's different. So. I'm glad. I can, we're going to need a break after mine. Yeah, I, I gotta fuck Lee Lucas. I, I just have a gigantic crush on her look, but I, I couldn't see myself spending the rest of my life with her because yeah. she's got a weird energy. You know, you bang crazy. You don't marry. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> exactly. uh, and then you come down to uh, Ellen Ripley and Sarah Connor, and then it's just basically, in my opinion. Who's going to hold you better and treat you no, better? No, just <laughs> which of their enemies is a greater threat to my survival, right? So the Terminator shows up. That's scary. We run. He gets Sarah Connor. He's happy. He's fulfilled his mission, right? Did you I'm just gonna say be... you would trip your wife and let her yes. take the fall out? No, I didn't Poor say... Ashley. I didn't say I'd trip her, but if, if worse comes to worse and she gets wiped out, that's it. I don't right, have the Terminator's to, done. I don't Ellen have to Ripley. outrun the Terminator. So I, I just have to outrun you. you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be in the zombie apocalypse. No, you, no, you don't. You really yeah. don't. Uh, but Ellen Ripley, I mean, you know, her enemy shows up, you know, and everybody's screwed, right? Yeah. See, Alien's not going to stop at her. I'm getting a face hugger, then I'm giving chest birth to a horrible monster. It's game over, man. Yeah. I also like to point out she's over, the only survives. I, I, yeah. At least with Sarah Connor, you know, you got a chance to survive. Yeah, I, I, again, I think I think you walk away from that one if, if the, the <laughs> if the coin drops on the side and Sarah's going to take a dive, man. I'm just, my opinion. And All right, look. While I admit Lilo is hot, she's a relatively new human being. She's not that skilled in the ways of sexual activity. Therefore, I would marry Lilu 
because she's still a badass and would protect my protect me. As would Ellen Ripley or Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor, however, if we're sticking to this, you're going with the first Terminator, not the second. Sarah Connor was not nearly as much of a badass in the first one. It was more Kyle Reese than anybody. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you kill Sarah Connor because she's going to get you killed if you don't. But Ellen, if you kill Sarah Connor, she does her, never has John Connor and humanity's just wiped out and it's all Ben's fault. I'm dead before then anyway. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's like I was dead in the first wave. Who cares? Exactly. Ellen Ripley, however, you'd fuck Ellen Ripley because something tells me she, even though she's a badass, she's probably awesome in the sack. So, marry Lee Lou, uh, fuck Ellen Ripley, kill Sarah Connor. Alright, so... All you, Rob. I'm actually... Siding with a couple people on this table. <laughs> Uh-oh. Okay, so, everyone else. You kill Ellen Ripley, but I've got my good reasons for this, though. So... Rob made you do it? <laughs> <laughs> so think about pivotal moment in Aliens. The classic, like, Newt's taken away, her going up against a queen, stay away from your bitch. Uh, from that was her, the you second bitch. movie. Yeah, that's why I said Aliens. Oh, okay. Yes, but yours says Alien. Yeah. I said from the Alien franchise. That's uh, when I started yeah. this off. I'm not saying specific, but I'm saying yeah, the franchise tense, as a whole. Tense Terminator, too. Okay, so oh, crap. Right. So, I still stick with mine. You take Ellen Ripley in that situation. Now imagine her in a normal situation. What if she's the jealous type and you can go to a bar and you're having a conversation <laughs> with somebody and she just walks in? Stay away from him, you bitch, and just flamethrower and takes down a bar and you have to pay that, that's and Things just don't go well. <laughs> what if we're talking about Ellen Ripley from like. Alien 4, where she's a weird, twisted clone that's got an alien side of her, and she's all fucked up in the head, and even though it was written by Joss Whedon, it's still kind of messed up. I'd I don't... like to point out, point out that you put way too much thought into this. I have. <laughs> I wrote this. I had time to think. So, I wrote this last month. I've had a month to think about this. Yeah. So, that... so yeah, Ellen, Ellen Ripley's gotta go. There's way too much crazy happening there, potentially, if you're going through the franchise. You definitely fuck Lilu, because, like you said, you fuck crazy, you don't marry it. Uh, also, I think she potentially, if she stayed around too much, you saw her devour a whole chicken in, like, what, three minutes on screen? She'd eat you out of the house and home. <laughs> oh, my God. So, and it's like, it's for a while, you know, like, her, like, gibberish would be really cute, but after a while, like, oh, my God, use your words. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you read in the entirety of human history in three minutes, and you can't say one fucking sentence. No. Not gonna happen. So, exactly. <laughs> Or chicken good, and that's about it. That's all you get. Hell. <laughs> so you have to marry Sarah Connor, because... She's the only one left. Yep. And <laughs> you only have the fate that what you make. So, we'll end it on that. Oh, God. <sighs> so, that was episode 26. We'll do our cheap plugs now before we say goodbye. And we cheap. S- they're not cheap, they're not they're cheap but it's our, our normal I paid plugs. good money for these plugs. <laughs> Nobody pays any money for this podcast. <laughs> these are Wait, hand- you charged me 20 bucks. <coughs> you didn't charge me anything. I've been paying for this podcast server for like six months by myself. I would like to point out that these are actually handcrafted artesian plugs that we're about to see. <laughs> that was so. very hipster fish. Very hipster. I got the beard. Where's, your, where's your beanie? What kind of plugs? That's what I was asking. Oh, no, no. not those kind of plugs. <laughs> So real quick, just a fast reminder again, Steampunk's World Fair is May 13th through the 15th. Again, you can find out more info about that at steampunksworldfair.com. That's fair spelled F-A-I-R-E. Too Many Games 2016 in OXPA. Again, June 24th through June 26th. Toominigames.com. Two is spelled T-O-O. And we're going to kick around the room. Everybody can say what they're working on. doesn't have to be related to anything geeky, but just what you're up to. And then 
our last couple plugs, and we'll say goodbye. Aaron, are you working on any shows? Trying out for any shows? You know, what? I am. You're doing Escape the Room. Oh well, yeah, I'm doing. I work. Uh, my secondary job is I work as a facilitator at an Escape the Room in media. Um, escape spelled with an X, and uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a right now we're doing Escape the Basement. We're opening up uh, in a couple weeks a uh, spy themed room. So oh, yeah, it's can a, you it's get a fun people job. in for free? Because I've always wanted to do <laughs> Escape the Room. It's, for a, it's only, damn you! It's only twenty seven bucks. That's it's, not. It's not, not it's that not bad. bad. That's not. It's too. not that bad. But I, I do have a couple auditions coming up, and just keeping my fingers crossed. Cool. Uh, a couple plugs. Obviously, you can catch me on a bunch of different podcasts on the Next Level Podcast Network, which is nextlevelradioonline.com. Uh, Rob and I do a podcast on there as well, DC Primetime, which air, which is posted every Sunday where we break down all the DC shows. Sunday or Monday? Sunday or Monday, depending <laughs> on the schedules. Uh, Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, which has ended, and Legends of Tomorrow. Plus, we'll start covering Gotham and Lucifer and such over the summer. Uh, the Showcast, which is our flagship show, which is posted every Monday morning, which is our pop culture show. Uh, we're in the heat of convention center, convent con season. I can't talk. Uh, so you'll be able to catch me at Atlantic City Boardwalk Con May 14th and 15th, where next level we'll be covering Wizard World, which is June 2nd through the 6th. Too many games, the 24th, 25th. Well, I'll be there the 26th. And Heroes and Villains, July 2nd and 3rd, up in Secaucus, New Jersey. Uh, follow us on Twitter at NXT Level Radio and find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash next level radio online. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> follow uh, that. I know, you right? Got stuff. Got books. Got books, people. Um, no, I just had a. <laughs> As I talk into my hand. <laughs> if you can't hear Kat, she's probably not looking at the microphone. She's found something interesting at the wall. Or she's talking into her hand. At the wall? Is Jon the Snow wall. there? <laughs> um, I actually He's do dead. have a book re-releasing on May 1st, Snatched, the Young Adult Dystopian. Um, and I have a bunch of new paperbacks from ebook releases. My one publisher uh, is releasing three of my books, uh, all novellas, but releasing them all in paperback, which is going to be cool for conventions and stuff. Um, so By the Sea, Soul Solution, and Poisoned Apple will all be in paperback probably by the time this is out. And you had uh, audiobooks that you just recently had, Oh, yeah. Too? Stolen Petals audiobook just hit, too. Um, and... Airship, and I'm working with the um, voice actress, and Airship should be coming probably in a month or two. So Airship Name Desire. Yep. Yeah. Very cool. TJ. Uh, Spandex and Capes will be out this weekend, probably. And that's yeah. on CaffeineCrew.com. That's on CaffeineCrew.com. Um, other than that... What is Spandex and Capes? It's his comic book Comic book reviews. Oh, there you go. News and reviews. I, um, so... Uh, Sorry I missed this past weekend, but I was at a Comic-Con, so... I ran that... into you at that Comic-Con. Yes. <laughs> so I was actually, you know, doing yes. some work, but, you know, I missed the my two-week schedule, so... But it'll be up next week with all the reviews. Fish! Well, it's springtime in Pennsylvania, so I'll spend the next couple of months fighting a battle against dandelions in my yard <laughs> that I won't be able to win. And, uh, honestly, now that I own property and don't rent it, that's about the only thing that's kept me from burning the entire fucking yard. <laughs> if you were curious as to what I've been up to. Oh <laughs> my, just your delivery of that was priceless. 
And as for me, it's been mentioned. The other thing that uh, the uh, podcast we do, DC Primetime, that we do weekly, um, like I said, it's always a blast to do that show. Um, we may have some really awesome stuff this summer. Uh, yeah. Robin Lord Taylor. Robin Lord Taylor. Uh, Paul Blackthorne, um, nice. both joining the show. Possibly we're, Kevin Conroy or and Mark Hamill. Yes, yeah, we're, we're waiting to find out what's yeah. going to go on with that. And uh, I think well. we even mentioned potentially... <laughs> Uh, Pam and Krieger from Archer. Pam Krieger or and Lucky Art and yeah, Lucky Yates from Archer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good so Lord, maybe joining us on that show this summer yep. too. So we've got a lot of a lot of cool things in the works. So that's been really awesome. Uh, we like I said, those cons that we have coming up, we're really really pumped about. And uh, yeah, so definitely make sure you check out uh, yeah DC Primetime as well and Caffeine Crew. As I mentioned, I think last month. Pretty soon, I think this show is actually going to start becoming a member of the Next Level Radio. Yeah, I think, um, I think by well. the summer. Yep. By the summer. So you'll start seeing the show migrate over to Next Level as well. So we'll be, be joining where DC Primetime and the Showcaster are at. So, so that is super exciting. But uh, one of the things we always bring up to at the end of the show, big special thanks to Game Chop Records and DJ Cutman for our intro and outro music. And uh, the break music you heard in the middle is a band that apparently everybody else has known about that I have yeah, just recently found, which is the Vitamin String Orchestra, uh, or uh, Vitamin Quartet. Yeah, Quartet. VSQ, uh, as we call them. VSQ. Yeah. yeah. You know, the I didn't. He was so excited I, I was so excited, too. and I he told like, everybody online. I found this new band. I'm like, babe. I, I hadn't heard of them either, and Rob put it on at work, and I was just like, oh, yeah, <laughs> this stuff's good. Yeah. Oh. So that that you obviously heard was uh, tribute to Cindy Lauper, and the, that was the Goonies, uh, you know, theme song. So, but yeah, I'm going to be playing catch up and things that I missed apparently for the last like ten years uh, between the next month and our next episode. But uh, because one of the last things I think we need to all say together to everybody because we're going to miss it in just a week or two. May the fourth is upon us, so may the fourth be with you. So. Should I also with you before you before we leave? Should I punish myself since I brought this game by making me do one? I'm more? gonna pick a special one. For oh you crap! Because you you know made us do this. So where do I open this thing from? Uh, there's a tab on the right there. It's okay. right there. Yep. Just feel it. All out. right. So if you pick skunk. I'm gonna never do this podcast again. I did that already. Yeah, but I'm really hoping that it's not chocolate pudding that you're going to eat this time. Watch, it'll be chocolate Alright, so this is my punishment for bringing this game to this podcast. Sure, everybody is sleepy sitting, dog food. Everybody is food. sitting watching me do this. Uh, Alright, eagle eye. This is... Definitely dog food! <laughs> 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 it's bad. And we'll see you, everybody, next month. <laughs> Later! Yeah, isn't the dog food bad? It's like... Can, can I smell your breath? No. Okay. Free. It will smell like dog food. It reeks. Mmm.